I go chop you like Hungary, ma Yo, 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 yo My Yoroma, baby You sweet like tangerine If you name me, baby Give it to me, kerewa Never, never gonna let you go. The 
Good morning and happy Wednesday, everyone. Listening on QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. And also to everyone with me on Clubhouse. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women today through music. And we're doing it in Afrobeats style today. Put the finger down if you miss solo show it is time for streets, yeah. Put the finger down if you miss the life and the things you did. Oh. Put the finger down if isolation don't tire you and me, yeah. Put the finger down. Me, I want to look in your eye. Me, I want to tell you, say I like. But isolation done the past. What's in I go do to save my guy? Oh, yeah, baby, baby, say you know I want your love. Anytime I reason you, I want the blush. But it don't do me something. Country hold me, and I want you back, baby. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Which day, me, I go to see my baby. Oh, 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 say, oh, say. Oh, baby, yeah. Now you what I want, and I know fit in like. Cause my love, they not call your dot, 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 bo, bo. Baby say you know say I want you Corona done the door and no fin no Which time I go see your face oh no coming at me yeah Give me something Say you know I like when you drop up Oh your baby come on Let me give you some love Put the finger down If you miss your baby yeah Put the finger down If you want to kiss him or her Good morning once again to all of our listeners around the world Logged on to the Quality Music Zone QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com Good morning to my studio audience courtesy of Clubhouse It is Wednesday, the middle of the week, hump day But for us it is hashtag WCW We celebrate women through music today yeah thank you so much for joining me for coffee until world news on the go we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views you can follow me on tiktok moments with me media on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on twitter me media moments and i keep forgetting one of them the the order you know i wish i was able to i really do wish i was able to get them all the same but you try to create them and they tell you oh no not available whatever anyway so that's why i'm all over the place sometimes (laughs) my apologies well here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in the caribbean corner out of barbados what is allowed now? Here extensions. Black or brown sneakers for school and games. Hair yeah, is still a thing, folks. Hair is still a thing. Out of Grenada, Prime Minister says Grenada is yet to identify a niche market for marijuana. In Guyana, 1.3 billion barrels of Exxon Mobil offshore oil field. 
Uh, in St. Lucia, a serial rapist has been sentenced to 36 years for four separate incidents. In Jamaica, 13-year-old twin sisters go missing from Maxfield Avenue home. Oh boy, I hope they are able to find them. Uh, GoFundMe set up a funeral for British man who drowned in Jamaica. We have those stories and more out of the Caribbean corner. In Latin America, Haiti's political crisis worsens as Senate terms expire. And Colombia's vice president says a bomb discovered near her home was an assassination attempt. On the international scene, Myanmar jails 112 Rohingya who tried to leave the country. China renews its threat, warns Taiwan independence will be punished. Uh, Canada sanctions ex-Sri Lanka presidents Mahinda and Gotabaya. U.S. and Russia clash at a United Nations meeting over violent extremism in Africa. Those and more also. Out of North, North America, flights across the U.S. grounded by FAA glitch and a one-year-old child dead after exposure exposure to fentanyl in Deerfield Beach, Florida, and of course the parents have been arrested. U.S. House Republicans vote for investigation of Biden presidency. Trump executive Weaselberg sentenced to five months for tax fraud and nobody won the jackpot last night. So now it is up to $1.35 billion. I don't know. That figure sounds a little low because usually there is a there is more of a surge when nobody wins, especially um yeah, the size it was. But anyway. In business and tech news, Americans are piling up credit card debt and it could prove very costly. Disney employees must return to work in office for at least four days a week, the CEO says. In health and science news, your attention span is shrinking, studies say. And we're going to talk about how to stay focused. And, you know, we're going to have entertainment stories, believe it or not, stories. And more and of course, you know, there's always great conversation. Keep it locked. Here's a little more music for you. Here is Yemi Alliday. She's one of my faves. Yeah. Hey. Excuse, young lady, let me tell you something. Why shouting? Hello, hey. I'm talking to you. What? Okay, what? no problem. No, just going, it's okay. Uh-uh. Wait now. Hey. Hey. Single, hey. I've been searching. Hey. I want to mingle. Hey. Hey. Beauty, hey. Mary. Hey. Single, I see searching. You want to mingle. Holy oh Mary. Oh.
Santana, yeah. I'm a larger. You said get to a hala. If I talk one thing, you go para. Yeah. One more try, I go tire. Okay. I'm a shaman, Americana. <laughs> Just go back from Atlanta. Okay. Small toasting, you the hala. Mm. You the bad person with saliva. Ah. Haba, mama, me are ready to spend it with Raba. So much green, I'm a farmer. Come and have the cassava. Ah. mama told you a dada. Say you go reduce it to drama. Say you no go leave me for Yawa. Say you go meet my mama. Sashing. I want to make good. You know, see my Saying he's single, probably want to marry. This <laughs> one of my favorite songs for 2022. This is the words Make you dance like broccoli, steady green like broccoli, steady on my grind. Oh yeah, what they want? Telling me could deny my fantasy. They want to check if my daddy no wrong, but in the rush. I'm gonna pull this one back up. You must hustle if you want job. You no finish, they won't fight us. If them they run, them no fit catch up. I know they form say I too righteous. No con they form say you too like us. You no get the time for the hate and the bad energy. Come my mind on my money. Make you dance like broccoli. Steady green like broccoli. Standing on my grind, oh yeah, what they want telling me. Could you not my fantasy? You want to check if my dad in no wrong. But in the rush, in the rush, but I will be much. Now go to make my top in the rush. The kind money we touch. Yeah, in the rush, in the rush, but I will be much. No be hype, everybody the crush. There's no dolly we touch. No time for hate, folks. Stay focused on your plans, your goals. You never touch you, they from papa. Which kind of money we never see before? Cause hello, me, got me feeling I'm the one. Ajay, Ajay, Ajay. I never take my cake away. Ajay, you can't count my grace. I just did my lane, my lane. You know, get the time for the hate and the bad energy. Come my mind on my money. Make you dance like broccoli. Steady green like broccoli. Now gotta make my top in the rush. 
Hashtag WCW, we celebrate women today. And we're celebrating the women in Afrobeats. Yeah, I'm coming to cause trouble. You don't like me, unfollow. You can't talk about my hustle. You make money, I make double. Turn me up, turn me louder. Louder From the streets to the Zanga. Zanga, Take a shot like a soldier. Soldier, Minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you so much to everyone tuned in online on JanoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com. Keep it locked. Words, yeah, folks, you don't know what's gonna happen. You don't like me, unfollow. Oh, yeah. You can't talk about my hustle. Oh, no. You make money, I make double. Live your life. Turn me up, turn me louder. Louder. Now. From the streets to the Zanga. Zanga, Take a shot like a soldier. Soldier, now. Buy me one, if me share it. Oh, this no. is to a savage featuring Wizkid. I'm far away from you. After this one, we're gonna go ahead and get started. rocking with you who is rolling with you just appreciate the ones let me say that again don't worry about those who are not rocking with you and not rolling with you what you got to do is appreciate the ones that are there with you celebrate those folks in your life right you can't control people don't you ever for one minute think you can you just be the best version of you and who is meant to be in your life will be in your life whether it's personal relationships 
business relationships or just friends. All right. Don't stress. And it is time for the Caribbean Corner. We up here. (laughs) All right, folks. So first story out of Barbados and the following stories are courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. So allowed hair extensions, black or brown sneakers for school and games, updated national grooming policy for schools for 2023 rolls out. There is a new sheriff in town for students as it pertains to the dress code, considering the previous national grooming policy was 27 years old. It was time for us to do an upgrade. This is from the Minister of Education, Kay McConney, during a recorded message released last night. We start this new term with a policy that speaks to the dress code for nursery, primary, and secondary schools. A dress code that falls within the purview of our Minister of Education to update. Noting that shoes and hair garnered the most inquiries from the public, she highlighted these two areas in National Grooming Policy 2023. On the question of shoes, shoes must be comfortable, neat, and clean, and they must be one solid color as determined by the school's uniform guidelines. Sneakers that are aligned with this standard will be allowed. And this is a change in our school's grooming policy, which I want to highlight. We have listened to the concerns raised by many families who are required to purchase different type of shoes for multiple children in their households. And in an effort to ease the burden, the ministry has taken the decision to allow children to wear a pair of shoes that is multifunctional. So, if your child's school shoes would normally be black, they would be allowed to wear the black sneakers with both their formal school uniform as well as their games clothes. Though McConney did not speak to it, the full document on the ministry's website states, hair extensions are allowed but must not be elaborate and should be neatly groomed. McCartney, in her verbal report, however, honed in on three things, tidiness, neatness, and simplicity. She said, on the matter of hair, simple hairstyles that are tidy and neat will be allowed. And this includes natural hairstyles. For example, locks, plaits, cornrows, and four are allowed as long as they are tidy and neat not distracting and not obstructing the view of others. In short, the emphasis should be on simplicity, tidiness, and neatness. Hair color other than the natural color of your child's hair will not be permitted. So for the students we know who love the purples and the blues and the other host of colors, we ask that you keep the artistic ideas for crop over and other special occasions outside of the school. She also mentioned that girls are still being held to one airing per air in each lobe and addressing the question from members of the public about boys and airings at school, she said, 
boys will not get to wear earrings at this time. So, um, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on Clubhouse and online. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, while I appreciate this, I have a little concern. All right, Kalisha, I did send the invite. I hope you got it. Hope you got it. Hope you got it. Um, I'll try sending it again. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the hair. Let's go to the hair. Hmm. Chief, I send the invite. Uh, Julie, I know you are busy. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go back to the hair. They're going to allow locks, plaits, cornrows. Um, your hair should not be distracting and should not be obstructing the view of others. Hmm. And that's the part I want to talk about. Not obstructing the view of others. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm going to try to be as um, tactful as possible. The Negro hair tends to grow upward, right? Yeah. So if my hair grows up, it's a crown on my head, thank you. After all, I am royalty. <laughs> it is a crown on my head. Um, my hair grows up. You're telling me that my hair growing up and out is a possible obstruction and a possible distraction. And so I must tame it to, by doing so, I'm allowed to put it in a locks, which is now going to have it going down, plaits going down, cornrow, you know, which is closer to the scalp. Yeah. So you, you really still have a problem with how the hair grows out of the scalp naturally. That's what I'm sensing here. You know, I admire seeing um, this little girl out of Jamaica. Her parents, um, oh my gosh, Agent Sasko, I think that's his name. I think it's him, his daughter, bright girl. I love that they allow her to wear her hair out. Out. Can you leave our hair alone, please? Let us wear it how we want to wear it. Thank you. We're still holding on to Eurocentric ideals of what we should look like. Let it go, folks. And this is why we're still struggling to this day. This is why people creamed their hair, relaxed their hair, pressed their hair. And it wasn't, well, back then it was by force to get a job. Your hair had to be straight, relaxed to look more European. Because that was how you were going to be accepted 
a rule handed down by colonizers because they felt that their limp, flat hair was the order. That's how your hair should look. Good morning. Good morning, Javette. It is so funny <clears throat> that you mentioned this because I put my hair, my locks up today in a bun. And when you started speaking, I said, I wonder if this bun is too high for elementary school <laughs> back home, you know? And then I started thinking that whenever I take a flight, whether I have my locks up or down, they touch my hair. <coughs> uh, an, an other can go by with the same length hair. Their hair is hmm. still down to their butt like mine. Mm -hmm. They don't touch them. They don't stop them. They don't do anything. So what's the difference between the length of my hair and their hair as far as being able to hide anything in it? Why you don't touch their head? It was mm -hmm. just this morning I was thinking that. So when they touch your hair, Javette, what do you say to them? Girl, let me just tell you, I have to take my mind somewhere else because I don't like people touching me anyway. I don't know where you're, you touching 12 million people as they come through back and forth, but you have to touch my hair to see if I have some type of bomb or something in there. Really? Really? I literally have to take myself somewhere else. You know, I would ask them, Javed, um, that young lady in front of me, I didn't see you touch her hair and her hair is the same length as mine. Girl, I don't want to end up in TSA. <laughs> I'm willing to go. Nothing. I'm willing I, I to really go. I really don't. But it, it is really something I was thinking about this morning. It's so funny you have this story. So funny you have this story. But yes, leave our hair alone. I understand neatness because I appreciate neatness and cleanliness when it comes to hair. But anything else, leave my hair alone. And then I can only wear one earring. To school. To just, school. Just, just one earring. Even yeah. though I only wear one earring, but <laughs> my who who who's looking at my ears when we in the classroom? <clears throat> Honestly, if you watching my ears while you in the classroom, something wrong. And if you watching it for more than five minutes, something really really wrong. Hmm. But here's here's the other thing, Javette. When you talk about earrings, what if my culture allows me to wear the nose ring and then i have the chain that goes from the nostril to the airlobe you're going to tell me i can't wear it but it's my culture how do we handle that i i guess back home where we from supposedly we don't have that culture so we're still holding on to european standards So why are we crying out for reparation? Why are we crying out for this, that, and the other? If And we are not ready to let go of everything that is associated with colonization. Why? What are we holding on to? 
my hair is going to obstruct you because it grows up in the air. It's a big poof. That distracts you. Oh, I'm sorry yours can't go up. I'm sorry that you feel better about yourself when you look more Eurocentric. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's a problem you're going to have to deal with. This is 2023. Th that was once. Can we change it? And yes, your hair should be clean. Your hair should be clean. But you're still limiting me, telling me that for me to be accepted in your school, I cannot allow my hair to grow out of my scalp naturally. I have to put it in locks or plaits or cornrows. Only that way, if I'm going to wear it in my natural state. Are we telling those whose hair um, is straight that their hair is a distraction? Because it could be a distraction. What if some people, you know, other kids want to just sit and play in their hair? That could be a distraction. We are still being singled out. We are still being targeted. Because is there a rule book? I guess the only thing that people with naturally straight hair or curly texture that's long, the only thing that will um, affect them really is they can't color their hair. But they're allowed to wear their hair out. You notice that? They don't have to lock their hair, plait their hair, or put their hair in cornrows. Isn't that a double standard? Isn't that a double standard? And I'm thinking of um, my God sisters. One, when we were, you know, back to her childhood, one, her hair is straight 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 and the other one their sisters same mother same father the other one her hair is of a soft texture but um thick and lots of coils and that's the first daughter so she has had you know she always had her hair in baubles or clips and whatever whilst the younger one would always would be able to have her hair out let out because it was just straight and i'm just thinking about them today now if they were children now imagine both of you sitting in front of a school administrator um, with your parents um, to be enrolled in school and you're telling one oh you have to make sure you keep your hair like that while you're you're not even addressing the other one See what I'm talking about? We are still singling out those of us who have more Afrocentric features. We're still being singled out. I would love to hear what the parents have to say, especially if they have children with varying textures within one household. Do you know what you're doing? You're creating a divide right there. School. That, that's what the Minister of Education is doing 
I don't think they realize it. You are creating a divide. There is segregation based on your hair texture. There, you're, you're talking about acceptance based on your hair texture. And probably, you know, one might say, oh, it's not that deep moments. It's not. Yes, it is. Think about it. Think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. Look into, listen to the example that Javette just gave. Going through TSA. Her hair is long. There's another woman. Her hair is long also. But the other woman is not told to, hold on, let me touch your hair. Let me make sure you're not carrying anything. What if that other woman is actually wearing a wig? What if that woman has things pasted down on her scalp or even on her hair and has a wig over it to hide it? Oh, they don't check that because it's okay for her. But it's not okay for Javette to have her long, beautiful locks. She has to get them checked because she must have something in them. Inequality. When are we going to stop it? I can't speak for the USA, but I can definitely speak to the Caribbean. I'm a Caribbean national. Let it go. What's that little girl? I can't remember her name, but she's so cute. But um, I love seeing her hair as it is in its natural state. And I think if more parents send their children out like that, what's the school going to do? Lock down and tell every parent, no, your child can't come to school. I think it will force them to change their rules. Tidy, clean, embrace. Why are we ashamed of our natural hair? Why? And then we say we love ourselves, right? If I choose to blow dry my hair and flat iron it, let it be my choice. I should not have to do it because you are telling me to be accepted. This is what I have to do. Okay. I think I've belabored that point enough. Left with head alone. Left with hair alone. Make it grow how it grow. That's all I must say. Why am I... I'm, I have all kind of cords twisted up around me this morning. All right. Next story. Too many. What, what's the plural of mouse when, it talk, when you talk about computers? What's the plural of mouse? Do you say mice? Do we say? What do we say? Is it still one mouse, two mouse? <laughs> no, seriously. When it comes to the, 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 um, animal the rodent we say mice right but when it comes to the uh <laughs> you know what i don't know why too many mice in front of me i'm sorry prime minister says grenada is yet to identify a niche market for marijuana 
Prime Minister Dickon Mitchell says Grenada is yet to identify a niche market for cannabis and is currently awaiting the recommendations of the Commissions on Cannabis Legislation and Regulation, which is tasked with undertaking a complete assessment of the pros and cons of legalizing the plant. The commission is chaired by Rolanda McQueen and includes people with expertise in law, medicine, religion, business, and youth development. They began meeting in September last year and are expected to complete the assessment and present findings and recommendations no later than August this year. Why you need expertise in religion? I would think it would be just law, medicine, and business, but hey, what do I know? Um, we have not identified a niche market as yet. That is why we have to set up a commission or a committee to really do the heavy lifting to really guide us to where we really want to go. Uh, it's really about medicinal marijuana or commercial uses of marijuana. Having said that, we also recognize as well that it is a misallocation of resources to criminalize a plant that has the levels of commercial and medicinal uses that I think everyone has accepted it has. Okay. All right, just free up the thing. Free up the thing. It's not that serious. It, it it's God given. It grows in nature naturally. Um, Guyana, one point three billion barrels of ExxonMobil offshore oil field, a fifth major offshore oil field being developed by consortium led ExxonMobil at an estimated cost of twelve point seven billion dollars, will add another one point three billion barrels of recoverable oil reserves to the 10 billion barrel Guyana Suriname Basin, the Guyanese government said on Tuesday. The Waru Mako project, and I know I butchered that, forgive me, Guyana, forgive me, um, currently under review, could come on stream in the next three years, adding um, as many as 63 more wells to the 30 already drilled in the Stabroke block by the consortium, which also includes Hess Corporation and China's CNOOC. With two fields in production and two more approved, the consortium is the first among many multinational entities seeking to exploit the massive basin, which promises to transform two small South American nations into some of the world's largest fossil fuel producers. Guyana's Environmental Protection Agency released the oil field specifications on Tuesday for public review, saying that Waru Mako, and I think I got it right this time, has at least 1.3 barrel, billion barrels of sweet, light crude to add to more than 10 billion barrels in recoverable reserves, the consortium has estimated so far. Okay, good for you, um, Diana, I hope. Go right ahead. And I think that was Donald's mic open, right, Donald? Hi, morning, morning. Good uh, morning. First of all, on your previous point, I think the um, the direction the Grenada PM is going with the marijuana is really good. And um, yeah, you need the religious part because uh, religion is part of the fabric of Grenada. If you leave them out of such okay. an important taboo topic, you, you'll be pigeonholing yourself and setting up <laughs> yourself to say, listen, you just do this and you didn't consult. Okay, but, uh, got it. I, I like the direction they're going, um, looking at the whole niche market and stuff like that, because to me, that's the only way marijuana in the Caribbean would survive. Remember, we made that point some time back. On the, on the Guyana issue, though, 
um, isn't it amazing that after contracts were signed and so on, it, it, we keep finding this this wells just popping up in Guyana every day. And right now, <laughs> we talking about land grab. Right now, is is that oil grab in Guyana? You know, and we talking about the transformation of the the small island state and so on. I wonder how much of these. I know there would be a, a, a benefit by by virtue of the amount of money going in and out. But I wonder, how will that really transform Guyana? You understand? How would that really affect the average Guyanese? And will you really see the kind of development um, that is relative to the oil reserve? Because they have an oil reserve that is, what I think, very close to what we're looking at in places like Saudi Arabia and these places. But how will that be transformed? But I am not too optimistic. Especially given the situation that just occurred with the um, installation of the president and so on. But anyhow, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's hope that there are some policies in place that would at least help the average Guyanese to really benefit from that. You know, um, and we could really transform Guyana and the region. You know, as as a result of that massive wealth. Yes. I agree with you, Donald. Um, and further down in the article, um, they mentioned that the consortium is paying the upfront development costs and will recover 75% when revenues roll in. Um, ExxonMobil will receive additional revenues equivalent to another 12.5% of the cost. Guyana will collect the final 12.5%, roughly $1.6 billion, as well as 2% royalty on any revenues thereafter. Now, Guyana earned more than $1 billion last year from its portion of the production uh, sharing agreement with the consortium, but that is well below industry norms. The International Monetary Fund, among other outside observers, has urged the government to seek better deals as the oil rush contributes to world-leading economic growth, increasing Guyana's GDP by, you want to hear the figure, Donald? 60% in 2022. Guyanese authorities have said they will not push to renegotiate the existing deal, but will demand better terms from any new licenses. Bidding by the industry's major global players will close in mid-April for 14 new blocks near the consortium's Stabroke block. Increasing Ghana's GDP, Donna Biden, nearly 60% in 2022. So are we seeing a trickle-down effect? Well, you see, trickle-down economics never worked. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a utopian concept. That don't exist. And um, that's the same thing. Of course, Ghana GDP would increase. It will increase tremendously. But what would, would you see an equivalent impact in the local communities? That is what I doubt. You understand? But I'm hoping we could get some really positive impact. I don't even think Ghana has the leadership that is required. To, to get the best out of these deals. Well, we just highlighted that, right? <laughs> we just, yeah. because those on the outside observing are saying that they need to push for better deals. They need to negotiate, but they're saying they're not going to push to the rene renegotiate the existing deal, but clearly they're going to take the advice and demand better terms from any new licenses. So in essence, they sold themselves short. 
they already sold themselves short from the initial deal once the deal was signed the wells keep start popping up like they didn't know it was there come on you do all this review you must know it was there and the point is if you're not renegotiating the deals then why you acknowledge the shortcomings why we keep going to these deals hat in hand so Guyana going to these people as though they're begging it doesn't matter if Guyana negotiate a proper deal for the country they will come no matter what they will tell you oh they would not come all the nonsense but they will come because guess what the oil is there they want the oil and they would pay the price you ask but if you give it away for free there is no need to pay the price you ask granted they might kill a few people and stuff just to make sure they get the price they want but <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> if you don't put up any resistance you will just get the pittance well, I well, don't well, see why you cannot have strong negotiation where it is mutually beneficial for all concerned. I just think sometimes we, we tend to give away too much of our resources too cheaply, too easily without going to the table as though we have something to bargain with. And in Guyana's case, they literally have the upper hand to me. Because it doesn't matter if there is so much people bidding for this that you will be able to get a good price. You will mm-hmm. be able to get a good contract. Because there are too much people. You have the Chinese, you have the Russians, you have the Exxon and all of them. Whoever want, is willing to work with you best, you give it to them. Mm-hmm. Have no alliance to anyone. That part. Put the, whoever comes with the best deal that is beneficial to all concerned, you work with them. You understand but exxon got in there early so they have the edge and um i don't know i'm just hoping i don't know the details of contracts and negotiation so i'm really hoping that we we get very good deals out of it at yes. least guyana is transformed like tremendously hopefully i hope so too but here's the thing i remember a couple months of months ago i think in the latter part of uh, 2022 we highlighted um, Guyana welcoming um, people from within the Caribbean. Um, they have an offer for people to come there to work um, because there is going to be a construction boom. And I think it's all stemming from this oil rush, so to speak. So um, the, if the construction is booming, it means food on tables, right? improvement of um household finances we hope fingers crossed so let's see no it it will be just the sheer amount of money and the share just to service the industry there would you would see massive improvement in the economy and the gdp and everything that's that's natural mm-hmm. you can no matter how poor you are at negotiating these things would happen you understand because you still have to provide the labor, the infrastructure, and everything like that. And these things will these things will come up to speed, so the country would benefit one way or the other. And I was just looking at, you know, like the contracts and the system and the government, so that they could really get the most out of it. But either way, Ghana would benefit. Amalfa Ghana is already benefiting. Mm-hmm. You can't get away from that fact. So all the the things that you're talking about, it will happen naturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. all right well um of course while you were talking i jumped on um google um 
Is Guyana a poor or rich country? Clearly not a poor country because it has um, natural resources that are beneficial to the world. Um, but however, according to uh, Google.com, Guyana is one of the poorest countries in South America. 35% of the Guyanese population lives below the poverty line, with indigenous people being disproportionately affected. Urban slums and rural farming communities suffer from inadequate health care and poor educational facilities. Well, um, now, Donald, here they have an opportunity to turn that around. Well, it was, that's like saying the Congo is a poor country. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Possibly the richest country on earth. You're saying it's a poor country. How could a country like Guyana be poor? <laughs> that's why I said it. It's not. Not with the natural resources. Bauxite, mining, fish. And I think they have lumber, gold. Diamond, gold. You have yeah. so How could it be poor? You see what I'm saying? So it's the administrators of the resources that are failing the people. Mm-hmm. And maybe the people are failing themselves by selecting the administrators they are selecting. So when you say Guyana is poor, that is far from, I don't, it's just the metrics we use. You understand? And how the, the, the resources are allocated. But Guyana is probably the richest um, country in that side of the world. When you look at resources and stuff like that, that's what I'm saying. If we come now and we negotiate properly and we put good systems and policies in place, I mean, the sky is the limit. But we have to get away from this whole concept that it's a poor country, so if you come in and you make a deal with me, you're doing me a favor. That's what they do. But Donna, think about it this way too, as you're talking. Um, I have to tell you it's a poor country to keep you away, but I know that it is not because there is something there that I want. So if I, if I highlight the fact and I um, promote the fact that it's, you know, rife with poverty, there's nothing there, guess what everybody else is going to do? Okay, no, let's not waste our time. So while you turn your head in the opposite direction, I get to go in and take advantage of everything that it has to offer. It also affects negotiation because if you have the concept in your mind that you are poor, so if the leaders and the people there have the concept that they are poor, then they're going to the table hat in hand. Mm -hmm. And whatever they get in that hat, they're happy. <laughs> ah, boy. You understand? So it's a whole... We actually have to start to think of ourselves differently. We have to start to look at our resources differently. We are, we, it's no longer the time when we didn't know. We, we now know. Mm -hmm. And we have to start to act accordingly. And we cannot change slavery and we cannot change history overnight. But we can start putting policies in place going forward that will transform the mindset of our people, that will trans, uh, transform the resources at our disposal and how it is utilized and the efficiency and all the stuff. We are now capable of controlling these things and doing much more. Yeah. understand? Of course, yep. we still have to play the toe the line and go along with some of the because of the big influences around us, but we ought to do better and we can do better. Yeah. You understand? But I understand the statistics because based on the metrics, that's what it says. And that's, that's uh, it's a fact based on how it's measured. Mm -hmm. But I think it's time we start to take our mindset away from this 
these things and 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 change our economics and our politics that is beneficial to us let us stop copy piecing people economics and policies politics into our system it cannot work let's just look within and build from within you understand and there are examples and we 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 like to talk about this all the stuff that goes on but we can make a difference Yes, we can. Thank you so much, Donald. Thank you. Appreciate it. And our next article. May I quickly? Yes, Jocelyn, come. Come on in. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. And good morning. You're welcome. Good morning. So I'm from St. Vincent, and I've always been intrigued by Guyana, the fact that, you know, it has, I don't know if you're aware of this, the um, highest suicide rate in the world. It's number Really? Yes. Um, I'm reading here from an article, Guyana, a largely rural country at the northeastern edge of South America and home to about 740,000 people, has the highest suicide rate in the world, four times higher than the global average. So I've always been intrigued by that. And yes, I know it has a lot of natural resources and beautiful sceneries. Uh, my nephew is married to a Guyanese girl. And, um, you know, I think it's all about manage, managing. Um, uh, how do we manage these small, you know, smaller countries and islands? Uh, thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. Appreciate your input. Okay, so now we head on over to St. Lucia for our next story. Serial rapist sentenced to 36 years for four separate incidents. A forester man has been sentenced to 36 years in prison for separate incidents of rape and other sexual offenses. According to a court judgment obtained by Loop News, in each of the sexual counters, Lima entered the homes of his unsuspecting victims at night waited until they were alone and promptly blindfolded his victims with or without the aid of a weapon. Um, He was ultimately connected to the offenses through DNA evidence. In October 2021, he pleaded guilty to three counts of rape and one count of unlawful sexual connection. Good. You're off the streets where you ought to be. Our next story is out of Jamaica. 13-year-old twin sisters go missing from Maxfield Home Avenue. An Ananda alert has been activated for 13-year-old Amelia and Jamila MacDonald, both of Maxfield Avenue, Kingston 13, who have been missing since January 9. They are of light complexion, slim build, and about 4 feet 9 inches tall. Reports from the Hunts Bay Police are that both girls were last seen at home at about 7.25 p.m. The police said they were dressed in multicolored shorts and pink and white tops at the time of their disappearance. They have not been heard from since then. Anyone knowing the whereabouts of Amelia and Jamelia MacDonald is being asked to contact the Hunts Bay Police or call 119. And I do hope they find them beautiful little girls they are identical twins, too. All right. Um, a GoFundMe set up for the funeral of British man who drowned in Jamaica. A GoFundMe campaign has been launched for a British man who drowned while trying to save his widow's niece in Clarendon, Jamaica, to raise money to assist with funeral arrangements on the island. Remo Douglas's mother, Euthelyn Douglas, 
wants her late son to be honored for his bravery after he saved his widow and baby from drowning in a river in Chapleton, Clarendon on December 16, 2022. The 34-year-old man who was from Easton in Bristol, the UK, then attempted to save his widow's 11-year-old niece, Brihania Sindale, who got into difficulties while swimming. However, Douglas got into difficulties while trying to save the little girl and they both drowned. So unfortunate. Also out of Jamaica, Jamaica is not among the 10 most powerful Caribbean passports for 2023. Jamaica continues to rank outside the top 10 most powerful Caribbean passports, despite being one of the top travel destinations for visitors. The Jamaican passport ranks 63rd globally for 2023. For 2023, we, have, we just started the year, folks. According to a new quarterly report released by London-based global citizenship and residence advisory firm Henley & Partners. With visa-free access to 87 destinations, including Cook Islands, Russia, Serbia, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Philippines, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico, Kenya, and South Africa. Despite the global ranking, it is an improvement for Jamaica, which was placed 65th last year and 68th in 2021. According to the just-released Henley Passport Index ranking, Barbados reigns another year as the most powerful passport in the Caribbean region. Barbados is positioned globally at number 24 with its visa-free access to 163 destinations. The country with the least powerful passport in the Caribbean is Haiti, ranking 94th globally with visa-free access to 49 uh, destinations. Likewise, Cuba is outside the top 10 most powerful passports in the Caribbean, ranking 80th. All right, so um, let me see. Let me look at the ranking. The top 10 most powerful are Barbados at number 24, St. Kitts and Nevis at number 26, Bahamas number 27, St. Vincent and the Grenadines number 30, Antigua and Barbuda tied with Trinidad and Tobago ranking at 31, St. Lucia 33, Grenada 34, Dominica 35, Belize 54, and Guyana with 62. Okay, all right. Good job to our neighbors, though. Barbados, of course, you know, ever since uh, Mia Motley got in, um, things have just taken a 180 degree no i'm not going to say 360 because 360 puts us right back at square one but um definitely barbados has made a 180 degree turn i want to say or close to it lots of things happening for them all right give it up to other other Caribbean nations and we head on now to nationwide radio jm for our next set of stories first up it cannot be defended Williams calls for Gage Gray to go on leave in response to the OCA report. And this is a continuation of what we spoke about yesterday. Damning and enraging. Youth Minister Favel Williams is slamming the Chief Executive Officer of the Child Protection and Family Services Agency, Rosalie Gage Gray, for misleading and lying to her about its continued relationship with Carl Robanski. The minister says she's requested that Ms. Gage Gray goes on leave while the investigations continue. 
The minister was reacting to the shocking report of the Office of the Children's Advocate outlining the inappropriate sexual contact Robansky had with vulnerable girls under the care of the CPFSA. Robansky was allowed to have further access to the girls, despite the CPFSA having knowledge that his education certificate in the U.S. was suspended after he admitted to having sexually inappropriate conversations with a minor. Minister Williams noted her repeated attempts to seek an update from Mrs. Gage Gray regarding the matter. She also forwarded the OCA's report to the police. Um, ah, boy. You know what? We spoke at length about it yesterday. Um, and I understand, I'm saying she needs to be fired, but I do understand they have to go through the process and exercise due diligence, and they have to do a thorough investigation so that they can dot their I's and cross their T's and have everything lined up and ready to go so they can, um, when they hand down their judgment or whatever they want to say, um, yeah, it will be final. The minister says she was further caught off guard in finding out that the lease for the property which housed the vulnerable girls was transferred to another entity linked to Robanska's embracing orphans. She was getting money. Gage Gray, I, I, I have no doubt, I'm sorry, no doubt that she was getting paid under the table and kept lying. The property, the lease for the property was transferred to another entity linked to Robanski's Embracing Orphans. You notice the name of it? Embracing Orphans. Sometimes you got to pay attention to the names people come up with. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought the same thing yesterday because didn't you say where the people, the children were staying was called Father something? Yeah, the Father's House. And I was like, oh, so they're trying to make you feel like you know, it's a man that is, you know, a father is supposed to protect you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm getting a red bar. No, we can hear you. We can hear you. We can definitely hear you. Yeah, I was just saying that the name yesterday had me a little disturbed because a father mm-hmm. is supposed to protect you. That's yeah. all. Thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Javette. Embracing orphans. Welcoming you taking you into my fold and making you feel love. Church of um, England announces $100 million pound fund after slavery links. The Church of England is pledging 100 million pounds to address past wrongs after its investment fund was found to have historic links to slavery. The funding will be used to to provide a better and fairer future for all, particularly for communities affected by historic slavery. A report last year found the church had invested large amounts of money in a company that transported slaves. Justin Welby said it was time to take action to address our shameful past. The Archbishop of Canterbury previously called the report's interim findings a source of shame in June 2022. 
The investigation, which was initiated by the church commissioners, a charity managing the church's investment portfolio, looked into the church's investment fund, which back in the 18th century was known as Queen Anne's Bounty. It found that by 1777, Queen Anne's Bounty had investments worth £406,942,000, potentially equivalent to around £724 million in today's terms in the South Sea Company. The report estimated that the South Sea Company transported 34,000 slaves in crowded, unsanitary, unsafe and inhumane conditions during its 30 years of operation. As a result, the church commissioners announced on Tuesday it was committing £100 million over the next nine years to a new program of investment, research, and engagement. It said it will also fund further research, including into the church commissioners' history, to support dioceses, cathedrals, and parishes, to research and address their historic links with slavery. Growth made on the fund will also be spent into grants for projects helping communities adversely impacted by historic slavery. Mr. Weldy said the full report lays bare the links of the Church Commissioner's predecessor fund with transatlantic chattel slavery. He said, I'm deeply sorry for these links. It is now time to take action to address our shameful past. The Bishop of Manchester, the Right Reverend Dr. David Walker, Deputy Chairman of the Church Commissioners, also said he is deeply sorry for the funds shaming historic links to the slave trade. We hope this will create a lasting positive legacy serving and enabling communities impacted by slavery. Um, I see... Based on what I'm reading, and please, I do stand to be corrected because sometimes things go over my head, and, you know, but what I'm seeing here, the fund will also be spent into grants helping communities adversely affected by historic slavery. Okay. What percentage? Because I strongly feel that a vast amount of that money is going to go into what it says, um, research. And engagement. What kind of engagement are we talking about? How much research are we talking about? What investment, a new program of investment? What is that new program of investment? It all sounds well and good that you're going to be committing 100 million pounds um, out of over, although I know it's not the church, the entire 724 million pounds, but your 100 million pounds is going to go over the next nine years so that's what a little more than 10 million pounds per year new program of investment can we have some specifics about this investment this new program what exactly will it entail um research how much research are you going to do and i have all the facts there already everything on the need for no on done have it already so what exactly are you going to research are you going to be researching the villages that people were pulled from? Okay. But I need specifics. And again, what kind of engagement? What are we engaging in? You see how they like to throw out um, sentences. 
and that if you're not paying close attention, you will not ask the necessary questions. I need them to um, be challenged. Force them to give us direct answers. And who exactly? Who exactly are the people that will be governing the investment, the research, and the engagement? <laughs> run rising moments, run rising everybody. Good morning, Afo. Yeah, you show me how to talk about when Rasta talk when I feel like Rasta just a, a pick pick you know what I mean for certain things. But it, it them always I do it. Every time when black people forget money, you see me I say them can them always have to find some kind of what kind of research you want to do. When I just say alright then yeah, we company or we family or whatever it is. He, 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 um, he now take part in slavery. You see me I say transatlantic slavery. You know what I mean? Who would I get shipped during the transatlantic slavery? The, the Africans. So, we don't know these things and we don't continue every time when we forget money. Alright, so we're going to do more research and research and research and research and research. And when you ask the research, oh, so we're going to do this to this community, this community. Brother, right now, after the, them, they, 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 what you call it, um, these communities, in a, especially in America and in places, um, what if gentrification take place? So instead of the money, I go to the one group of people there who, have, who them ancestors suffered during slavery and still have suffered due to generation and all them something there. Who not go take the money and get and probably put in some community building or whatever it is where I go beef everybody instead of the one group of people there where they suffer. Like, like brother, una, uh, but yes, when every time other people forget money. There's no research, there's nothing at all. Them go find the people them would have suffered. Yo, see your money here, you know, see your check here, you know. Your man, so the check I got sent out by this time. And everybody happy and who go buy a house and who go do whatever college. But when black people forget money, alright, so I forgot to do that research here, you know. And when we done the research, whenever how long that take, we have to put up museum wow. and for sure this. And we are gonna do us them sickening. And, oh and, and who supposed is mad, folks. Afro is mad. And who supposed to be there for it are the, the community because more times some of them people are just some look up. Um, um, we, we call them something that where, where you see in the store and the mother and the clothes them again. Um, we call them something there. Mannequins, mannequins. mannequins. Yeah, yeah, them just come here and look up mannequins who just did it and just stand up and just, you know what I mean? They have no use. They now say, as we say, ask the right questions them. Uh, and, 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 and them something there, you know what I mean? They just did it and say, oh yeah, so, you know, uh, we're going to be building a museum to show the suffering, you know, because we should not forget. And I say, huh? Well, well, how does that have a benefit with? That doesn't make no sense. <laughs> make oh so, my gosh. Them, them sickening, them, them very, very, very sickening. I'm hope one day black people from the world just come together, just find it somehow, we don't know how about just unite. You know what I mean? And just ask the right question and demand what they're supposed to get. Because everybody I get the check cut for them uh, except for the black people. And the time for it stop now. Are, are, are total rubbish. You get me what I say? But Thank them you, are give yeah. Thank you, Apple. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oops. Okay. Thank you so much, Apple. Appreciate that. But yeah. We need to have the right questions positioned and posed, okay? Um, heartbreaking. 
everybody is coming out oh my gosh this is so heartbreaking the issue in jamaica uh, with the the children come on <sighs> tired of the foolishness stop ignoring things all right folks those were the stories from the caribbean corner going to take a quick music break when we return we have uh stories out of latin america and the international scene. It is hashtag WCW. We are celebrating women today. And today we are listening to songs from female artists in the Afrobeats genre. Oh, Come on. Steady your face, your phone. I wanna take a picture so this could last longer for me. Longer for me. Yeah. Take my secrets, got them like precious money. Precious money. I never want to hear you quiet, so I write songs for you. So I write songs for you. And I believe, yes, I believe. I'm falling for you like a thief, picking the knees. Cause when I see you, I feel to steal the keys to your heart again. Yeah, yes, I believe, yes, I believe. I'm falling for you like a thief, picking the knees. Cause when I see you, I feel to steal the keys to your heart again. My baby bad, my baby good, my baby all the things I need. My baby bust up the silence, My baby bust up the silence, My baby bad, my baby good, my baby all the things I need. My baby bust up the silence, Bust up the silence, Steady up is your fun. I wanna take a picture so this could last longer for me. Take my secrets, got them like precious money. I never want to hear you quiet So I write songs for you So I write songs for you Opposition, they come left and right But I don't care But both they are front Say, leave you, but I die there No more milk or mouth Cause you are my only strength But I reach up for I know that you're my best, 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 best Thank you to all our listeners on QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. My girl, hold on to me, yo. Never ever leave me for crash, oh, girl, you didn't make me shiver, Girl, if you leave us of our with you again, no, allow. I want day with you forever, oh. Robos casca, robos casca. If no be you, then tell me who. Them go sempe, them go sempe. Nobody messing with my boo. Robos casca, robos casca. If no be you, then tell me who. Robos casca, robo yeske. Nobody messing with my boo. My love, duh. You give me love, I never see you. My love, duh. Your love means so much to me, yo. My love, duh. You give me love, I never see you, my love Yo, your love means so much to me, yo uh, No be what you do or what you say, my love is single, no be plural, yeah Brother, no be mount, but my baba, you be Kura, yeah Bonnie and Clyde, that's how I feel when I'm rolling with you Number one, the African bad girl, and the star boy, you know how we do Mwah, baby, you scatter my heart, you 
And you look my account, you see I no go promote you My love, duh You give me love, I never see you My love, duh Your love means so, so much, much to me, yo My love, duh You give me love, I never see you My love, duh Your love means so, so much, much to me, yo Robos casca, robos casca. If no be you, then tell me who. Them go sempe, them go sempe. Nobody messing with my boo. Thank you to all our listeners. Logged on to www.janoradio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app. J A H K N O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio. Take us on the go. WCW, we celebrate women today, and we are celebrating women in Afrobeats. Thank you to my Clubhouse crew for always rocking with me, of course, Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I said five in the morning, I wake up to five for my yearnings. Fear in my mind is a warning, pray to the one you're relying I've been wandering all day I tried to be fine but I can't be The noise in my mind wouldn't leave me I tried to get by but I'm burning I'm behind my mind it runs All these thoughts of trouble Fighting to give up my pain Cannot mix one is the joy that you cannot waste, and the other one price that you cannot fix. This is the peace that you cannot buy. Finding a way where you cannot see. Man with this system, you cannot pray. I need to find relief. But behind my mind, it runs. All these thoughts are troubling. I really need 
it's so important that every now and again you free your mind, escape reality, go somewhere, be by yourself. You know, a lot of times I've heard people say they don't like being alone. What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of yourself? Learn to love yourself, live with yourself. Learn to manage your thoughts, right? But being alone gives you the opportunity to block out everything and everyone and focus on you. Reconnect with you. Put things in perspective. You're able to plan, execute, get things done. Don't be afraid of yourselves, folks. Free your mind. Gotta say thank you to um, Thames for this one. Falling deep, tell me now what you need. I've been going to God when I'm only my mind. I might be falling deep, falling deep. I might be falling, I might be falling, I might be falling. I might be falling, yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be by yourself, all right? A lot of us are so wrapped up in distraction that we, we don't even know who we are. Easily swayed, easily tossed around. Some of us, you know, we say we want certain things, but the things we're wanting are those things for us. Are those things for us? The things that you're wanting, yearning after, are they going to give you the peace of mind that you're looking for? Are they going to bring you the calm that you so seek? You see, we are so caught up in chasing the tangible. And thanks to social media to a large degree, because every time you look on social media, Happiness is connected to something tangible. And as I've said before, I think last week, there are many who have everything tangible. And they will tell you, they thought that having these things would make them happy, but they're not. And another thing, and I'm going to get back to regular programming. You cannot rely on someone else to make you happy. True happiness is found within. You have to be the source of your happiness. Anything extra from somebody else, that's extra. That's exactly what it is. But if you keep relying on people to bring you happiness, what happens when they're not around? Do not attach your state of happiness to someone else. Create it, find it, and, or create it within yourself. All right? And I'm done. Back to programming. <laughs> In stories out of Latin America, Haiti's political crisis worsens as Senate terms expire. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. The deepening political crisis in Haiti has come into renewed focus as the country's only remaining senators saw their terms expire overnight 
an alarming development in the country beset by surging gang violence and instability. The Senate was Haiti's last dem democratically elected institution, though its ranks had been reduced to just 10 after the country failed to hold legislative elections in 2019 to fill vacant seats. Those 10 senators represented a country of nearly 12 million people. But their terms expired overnight on Tuesday. The Caribbean country has been left without a single legislator in its House or Senate. It's a very grim situation, says Alex Dupuy, a Haitian-born sociologist at Wesleyan University in the United States. One of the worst crises that Haiti has had since the Duvalier dictatorship. The bloody regime of Jean-Claude Baby Duck uh, Duvalier, who fled the country in 1986 after succeeding his father, Francois Baby Duck, marked the last time Haiti lacked elected officials. Gang violence has been on the rise in Haiti in recent months, particularly after the power vacuum created by the July 2021 assassination of President Jovenel Moïse, who had been ruling by decree. The country's de facto leader, Interim Prime Minister Ariel Henry, whom Moïse chose for the post just days before he was killed, has faced a crisis of legitimacy, with some Haitian civil society leaders urging him to hand over his power to an inclusive transitional government. Henry has rejected that demand, saying Haiti needs new elections to chart a path out of the overlapping crisis it faces. But rights groups have questioned how a vote can be organized when instability appears to be worsening and most Haitians are living in fear of deadly violence on the streets, especially in and around the capital Port-au-Prince. On January 1, Henry said that the Supreme Court would be restored and a provisional electoral council would be tasked with setting a reasonable date for elections. But he did not offer a specific timeline. In a series of, of posts on Twitter, Henry asked Haitians to trust each other as well as to trust that his government wants to do all it can to rebuild Haiti's democratic institutions. Depo, the professor, said there currently are no checks and balances on Henry's power. However, as long as that situation continues, Henry is going to be behaving like a dictator, he said. A spokesperson for the prime minister declined to comment to the Associated Press. The United Nations resident and humanitarian coordinator in Haiti warned in November that armed groups were terrorizing residents of Port-au-Prince, with nearly 200 murders and more than 100 kidnappings reported during the previous month. Haitian gang members also have used sexual violence, including rape, to instill fear in communities, Ulrika Richardson said at that time. We're scared to step out of our houses, said Daniel Jean, 25 who sells phone charges and other equipment in the capital. We're cornered. Kidnapping, extortions. Gangs are killing people because we don't have ransom. Haitians have lost all trust in the democratic process, Jean told AP, adding that he will not vote if the same politicians and parties appear on the ballot. They have more influence than the gangs. They control all the gangs. In October, Henry appealed for an international armed force to be deployed to Haiti to restore order and secure a humanitarian corridor to allow fuel and water deliveries in the capital. The demand enjoyed the backing of the UN and the US, 
But it also set off new protests with many Haitians, including civil society leaders, rejecting the prospect of foreign intervention. Washington-led efforts to mount a non-UN mission led by a partner country to Haiti have stalled since then, as President Joe Biden's administration so far has failed to get another nation to agree to lead such a force. The issue was expected to come up in discussions on Tuesday between Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who are meeting in Mexico City for a Three Amigos, Los Tres Amigos summit, hosted by the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Can I ask a question? Uh, if anyone knows, what is life like in North Haiti? Because everything seems, the, the, the problems seem to be hunting in Port-au-Prince, which lies to the south. Um, you know, not to make light of a serious situation, but I've seen people saying, and I think it was after the five earthquakes in five hours, just pack up and leave. Everybody just needs to. Can we get another country to give to the Haitians and just leave Haiti alone and start fresh? Haiti needs a reset button. You know, when you press that red button where you're able to, what was that game show uh, where you could win money? with the bald-headed guy who, with the airing that was the host, I can't remember the name, but, you know, people could win money. And you would press that red button. Is there a big red button we can press for Haiti? The earthquakes aren't going to go anywhere. The hurricanes aren't going to go anywhere. But now we need to talk about human beings. The unrest. The upset. That's happening in the southern part of the country. How then, or I should ask the question, how is it then that it's only happening in the south, but it doesn't seem to be happening in the north? What's going on? What's truly going on? Is it that, well, from my understanding, the bulk of the poverty lies in the south of the country. So is it because where there is the bulk of the poverty, there is going to be the bulk of the unrest. The two go hand in hand. I'm just trying to understand. You know what came up for me moments? Yeah. How was Haiti before um, Baby Doc and Papa Doc? Was there civil unrest prior to those two? And that's a good question. That's a real good question. So let me jump on Google. How was 80 pre-baby duck? Or well, we probably got to start with Papa. Papa duck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pre-Papa duck. Let's see what it says here, what Google can tell us. He went in in 1957. Um, ruthless dictator kept the Haitians in illiteracy. I'm looking, I'm looking, just talking about him. Um, turbulent political history. So you said 1957? Yeah, he okay. was president from 1957 to 1971. Papa okay. Doc, yeah. 
I gotta add something else. You, every day you're giving me something more to look up. <laughs> I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta look up to. I gotta look up Haiti prior to fifty seven. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Hmm. Haiti pre nineteen fifty seven. History of Haiti. We know the history. Um, let me see. I mean, you know, yeah, you, we, we all hear in, um, what class is this now? <laughs> what, what college course are we taking right now? Post-colonialism? <laughs> um, okay, scroll down, scroll down down we're in the 1800s keep going keep going okay uh new independence in 1930 the united states allowed haiti to resume free elections the president allowed haiti okay let me scale back 1915 to 1934 that's when we had the um u.s occupation during most of the 19th century 1915 to 1934 folks the united states maintained a distant relationship with haiti the u.s government withheld recognition of haiti until 1862 when wartime necessity compelled it to establish cordial relations with a strategic caribbean nation during the early 20th century haiti's chronic political instability its precarious finances and the threat of european encroachment provoked uh, numerous brief interventions by the U.S. Navy. In July 1915, civil unrest uh, surrounding the assassination, they, they seem to assassinate over there, hmm, uh, of President Vilbron Guillaume Sam provided a pretext for the intervention. U.S. Marines were dispatched to Haiti ostensibly to protect U.S. financial assets, interests, and citizens. Rather than withdrawing after a show of gunboat diplomacy, as had previously been the case, the U.S. military came to stay in 1915. Marines seized control of the country, disbanding the Haitian military and installing Philippe Soudre, and I can't pronounce the last name, a mulatto, as president from 1915 to 1922. In 1916, the United States expanded its occupation to the entire island of Hispaniola when it intervened in the neighboring Dominican Republic. During its nearly two-decade occupation, the United States amended the Haitian constitution, stabilized the economy, and made improvements in infrastructure. U.S. Marines also trained a new National Guard, Haitian National Guard, a security unit that harassed and even killed opponents of the occupation. Now, before I move on to 1930 to 19, um, the next section here, before we get to the Duvalier era, if the U.S. had such, um, what you call it, a position in Haiti, why didn't they pay off the debt then to France? Why didn't they pay off the debt to France for Haiti? They had their people there because the, the Marine went in, the Marines went in to protect financial assets and citizens. They put in a president. The U.S. put in a president, which seems to be the norm, too. They like to put in presidents in Haiti. So why didn't they say, you know something, Haiti? We're going to pay off this debt for you because 
we have interests there. Hmm. Okay. All right. So new independence. In the um in nineteen thirty, the United States allowed Haiti. Here goes the word again. Allowed. So why are we using the word allowed if it's not their country? Hmm? Why are we using the word allowed? I'm allowing you to do so. It's not your country, U.S. And as we've previously discussed here several times, the U.S. has a hand in the country being the way it is right now. But anyway, carry on. In 1930, the United States allowed Haiti to resume free elections. The president-elect, Stenio Vidzon, 1930-1941, was a former senator with populist tendencies, and his election set Haiti on the path to reestablishing his autonomy. Vincent engaged in an ambitious program of infrastructure improvement while insisting that the U.S. Marines end their active occupation. As a show of nationalism, he delivered his state address in Creole rather than in French. Like many of his predecessors, however, Vincent also resorted to using the presidency to increase his own wealth and power. In 1935, he pushed through the Haitian Congress, a new constitution that allowed the president to disband the legislature and reorganize the judiciary. Ultimately, Vincent succeeded in reestablishing Haiti's independence, but he also strengthened the country's legacy of dictatorial leadership. After the ineffective administration of Ely Lescott, 1941 to 1945, which installed mulattoes in virtually every post of the government, black voters turned out en masse and elected a sympathetic National Assembly. Additionally, after years of mulatto rule, the 1946 presidential election, often referred, referred to as the Revolution of 1946, was contested by three black candidates. Uh, estimate 1946 to 1951, the election, garnering especially strong support from the emerging middle class of blacks in the northern region of the country. Colonel Paul Maglure followed um, Estime in 1950 and held presidency for six corrupt, if stable, years. So the leaders seem to be reeking with corruption or have always reeked with corruption, the leaders. They were never truly there for their country. They were only there for their personal gain. Then came the Duvalier era, 1957 to 1971. Duvalier came from a modest black family in Port-au-Prince. His platform consisted of pro-black nationalism, strong support from the military, and state acceptance of the voodoo religion. The army disqualified Duvalier's most popular rival, Daniel. Pignole and likely tampered with ballots. Amidst the controversy, Duvalier officially assumed the presidency in 1957, backed by a majority in both houses of legislature. Javet, it's a lot of corruption from the leaders, and it's been going on forever. So there has never been true stability in that country. Never. Not as far as I can see. 
And if it did exist, I need to be able to find that information. So we want to say since uh, 1915, when the U.S. occupied the country, to present. That's over. Uh, moments, man. I still want a small video later, yeah? We yeah, man. Some long time video with some, uh, I don't know, some kind of CIA. Uh, I forgot what it was. But it mm -hmm. must tell you how Haiti, how the U.S. involved in how Haiti is today. Um, I think it was you know, some CIA or something like that, I think he is. And he actually has like a whistleblower, you know, yeah, and yeah. I say how um, the U.S. train um, gangs in here to give them the guns and, and just take with themselves, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so we're going to send you the video later and we'll finish drive, all right? All right, thank you. Thank you, Afro. Will they ever have peace? Will they know peace? Hmm? Will they know peace in Haiti? We Clearly, we on the outside, you know, we can make assumptions, we can make recommendations, but the truth is we don't really know exactly how this issue is going to be fixed. Um, what year are we in? <laughs> 108 years since um, the U.S. went in. Because they went in in 1915, right? 1915 to 2015. That's 100 years. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. Yeah, 108 years. If you go into a country, shouldn't your goal be, and I'm not just attacking the U.S., I'm attacking any country, that goes into another country. Shouldn't your goal be to improve, improve the lives of the citizens? Not to create confusion and wreak havoc and only look out for self-interest. So you can't truly blame the, the political leaders that came after. Guess what happened? It's learned behavior. You know, sometimes we wonder why our children do certain things. Where did they learn that from? Look in the mirror for a quick second. Look in the mirror for a quick second. We learn by example. That's what happened. You go in, you take over. You think about your self-interest. Take as much as you can for self pretend to care about others and every leader since then has done that all right let me check the chat so that's when all hell and the mindset of anarchy julie says it's punishment for disobeying the powers that be yes so once they gained independence all hell broke loose said javette i'm speaking to the mindset of kill and overthrow and I would like to ask the U.S. government back then in 1915 to 1934, while they were occupying Haiti, why didn't you reach out to the French government, reach out to France, because Haiti had to pay reparations to France for the abolition of slavery, the you know, abandonment of slavery in Haiti. Why didn't the U.S. say, you know something, we're going to take on your debt? 
that's it. I'm done. I mean, it's not too late. They can still open a chapbook and say, you know something, but the only problem right now is the corruption that's there and everybody worrying about self-interest. And the other thing the U.S. needs to stop doing, because it's a historical thing, the data is there, stop putting people in. Stop putting your puppets in there. You're putting your puppets there. And the people don't want your puppets anymore. Good morning. Good morning, Chief. How are you? Well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know this issue with Haiti. It's not... It's not about improving the lives of those people. It's about control, right? Because realistically, Haiti represents, Haiti represents everything the globe, the, the, Euro, um, Euro, the Euro globe, the pan-European globe detests. And it is the mental, psychological, emotional, and spiritual uprising of people who look like us. So this idea of, like you just said, I mean, the, the language is right in front of us. They allowed, right? They allowed them to do this. They allowed to, them to do that. That means that their political leadership is appointed by a very corrupt government that brings corruption everywhere they go. There's never been a, a place that they've gone into, that the U.S. has gone into and brought stabilization. It has always brought more chaos, more calamity, more turmoil, more debt. Like every place they've gone, everybody's indebted. Why are these people indebted? Why, why, why is it that the richest nation in the world can't provide sustainable operations to help people be more sustainable? Because it's not about Sustainability is about political and economic control, right? So it's just, it's no different from the United States. Why do you have a ghetto in every black community? Because at, at some point it's gonna serve the, 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 the goal of uh, gentrification, right? Because you know, we have or what we call urban blight and urban blight is something that is allowed. There's that word again. That's allowed. So they allow blight to exist in a community so that eventually the property value will become so low that you can almost you can almost steal that neighborhood and people will beg for you to come into it because they're so destitute and impoverished. Why is that? Why does that even exist in the richest country in the world? Can, can we even claim that, that title? The only, the only thing that makes you rich is the fact that you can exploit every other country and then call that those countries third world countries yet you you live off their resources like look at the export of food products that come into the u.s from other countries it it's insane we just we just don't we don't look at ourselves the way the haitian people looked at themselves when they gained their revolution it's the idea that a small group of people who were determined who were empowered who were not psychologically enslaved anymore chose to uprise and defeated an entire nation hundreds of miles away from its location, isolated on an island called Haiti. 
that story by all by itself, if you told that story to children in elementary school, little kids like, like us, and they said, oh my God, I really can do anything. I don't have to believe in all this oppressive stuff. I don't have to blame somebody else for my condition. I can actually rise up from it. We can actually unify, right? Those stories are not, it's not designed to make Haiti ever look good ever again. So the idea is never, ever again can we allow somebody to look up to Bookman and Toussaint Louverture. We cannot allow those people to ever be heroes because it will, it, will, it will stamp itself in the minds of people who feel oppressed. And that's a fact. I'll end there. Thank you so much, uh, Chief. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning to everyone just tuning in online on johnoradio.com and qmzradio.com. And thank you to everyone joining us right here on Clubhouse. Thank you so much for coming. Ah, oh boy. So our next story out of Latin America. Colombia's vice president says a bomb discovered near her home was an assassination attempt. Story courtesy of NPR.org. Colombia's vice president said on Tuesday that her security team found more than seven kilos of explosives buried next to a rural road that leads to her home in the southern province of Cuaca. She described the incident as an assassination attempt. Francia Marquez shared a police report on her Twitter account, which says a drug-sniffing dog alerted to the bomb, which was made of ammonium nitrate, powdered aluminum, and shrapnel and that anti-explosives officers blew it up in a controlled explosion on Monday. The vice president, who has previously faced death threats, described it as a new assassination attempt that will not stop her advocacy for peace and equality. Marquez is Colombia's first black vice president. She was elected last September along with President Gustavo Petro, an economist and former guerrilla fighter, who is attempting to raise taxes on the wealthy, increase government spending, and start peace talks with the nation's remaining rebel groups. Before she entered politics, Marquez led protests against mining companies and illegal miners operating in Cuaco and was forced to leave her home village of Suarez due to death threats. The environmental activist rose to fame last year when she participated in presidential primaries and helped President Petro secure votes in the nation's Afro-Colombian communities, and also among women and young people inspired by her life story. Marquez currently heads the Ministry of Equality, a new agency that seeks to ensure women and ethnic minorities have equal access to the government's social programs. She said, we will not stop working day by day to achieve the total peace that Colombia dreams of and requires. And I will let you know that it's not all of Colombia that is um, under duress, for the want of a better term, or that's going through some kind of um, upset or uprising. No, there, you know, um, there are actually beautiful parts of Colombia that, just like Haiti, there's nothing going on there. Calm, peaceful, you can move about freely. All right. Um, so we don't want to think it's the entire country of Colombia. In stories from the international scene, first up, all stories, the following ones are courtesy of aljazeera.com. 
Gas from faulty heaters killed nearly 20 in Algeria cold snap. Ooh. Uh, at least 17 people have died in Algeria in several cases of carbon monoxide poisoning, emergency services said, as plummeting temperatures push people to use crude heaters emitting dangerous fumes. Nine members of the same family, a couple, their five children and two relatives, were found at their home in one of their cities, which lies about 155 miles south of Algiers. And that's according to the Civil Defense Agency. In the northeastern province of Sitif, a couple and their four children were also found dead after apparently breathing toxic fumes from their heater, the agency said. Two other people suffocated in a northwestern city. All the deaths were attributed to carbon monoxide poisoning. Falling temperatures across North Africa in recent days have pushed people to use heaters that burn natural gas or liquid fuels and release carbon monoxide, an odorless and potentially deadly gas. Algeria's emergency services warned that a lack of ventilation, poor assembly of heaters, lack of maintenance, or the use of devices not intended for heating can cause carbon monoxide poisoning and death. Got to be careful. Thousands of Iran assault rifles bound for Yemen seized by the U.S. Navy. The U.S. Navy says it seized more than 2,000 assault rifles from a ship in the Gulf of Oman. It believes came from Iran and were bound for Yemen's Iran-aligned Houthi rebels. The cargo was discovered on Friday off the coast of Oman. The Bahrain-based U.S. 5th Fleet said in a statement, is it Bahrain or Bahrain? How is it pronounced? B-A-H-R-A-I-N, Bahrain. Oh, no. um, U.S. Fifth Fleet said in a statement on Tuesday, noting the vessel was crewed by six Yemeni nationals. The illegal flow of weapons from Iran through international waterways has destabilizing effects on the region. We are committed to the security and stability of the region and the enforcement of international law. Alongside our partner forces, CENTCOM, uh, we will deter and interdict this kind of lethal material into the region, when it, whether it comes in by air, land, or sea. Next story on the international scene, U.S. and Russia clash at U.N. meeting over violent extremism in Africa. The United States has accused Kremlin-backed Russian military contractors of interfering in the inter internal affairs of African countries and increasing the likelihood that violent extremism will grow in the Sahel region, which is facing increasing attacks, an allegation Russia has denied. U.S. Deputy Ambassador Richard Mills lashed out at the Wagner Group at a U.N. Security Council meeting on West Africa and the Sahel on Tuesday. He accused the paramilitary force of failing to address the threat of armed groups, robbing countries of their resources, committing human rights abuses, and endangering the safety and security of UN peacekeepers and staff. France's political counselor uh, said the model used by Wagner mercenaries has proven totally ineffective in combating terrorism. She cited the nefarious and devastating impact of their work in human rights violations, including the alleged killing of more than 30 civilians in Mali, and its pillaging of natural resources. Britain's deputy ambassador cited the deterioration of security in Mali, Burkina Faso, Nigeria, and the Lake Chad Basin, and the fear of instability spreading to West African coastal countries. 
He said you cannot ignore the destabilizing role the Wagner Group plays in the region. They are part of the problem, not the solution. So, of course, you know, I'm going to jump in. Anybody familiar with the Wagner Group? Of course, I'm going to go to Google <laughs> to see, learn more about the Wagner Group. Okay. So for myself and anyone else who doesn't know, the Wagner Group, uh, according to Wikipedia, a private military company. Okay, click, click, click. Let's go. All right, here we go. Um, also known as PMC Wagner. It's a private military company. It is a Russian paramilitary organization. It is variously described as a private military company, PMC a network of mercenaries um, or a de facto private army of Russian President Vladimir Putin. The group operates beyond the law because private military contractors are officially forbidden in Russia. While the Wagner Group itself does not position itself as uh, ideologically driven, various elements of Wagner have been linked to neo-Nazis and far-right extremists. So a little bit about their history. The group came to global prominence during the war in Donbass in Ukraine, where it aided separatist forces of the self-declared Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republic from 2014 to 2015. Its contractors have reportedly taken parts in various conflicts around the world, including the civil wars in Syria, Libya, the Central African Republic, and Mali often fighting on the side of forces aligned with the Russian government. Wagner operatives have committed war crimes in areas where they are deployed. The accusations include rapes and robberies of civilians and torturing accused deserters. Because it operates in support of Russian interests, it receives military equipment from the Russian Ministry of Defense and uses installations of MOD, Ministry of Defense, for training. The Wagner Group is frequently considered an arm's length unit of the Ministry of Defense or Russia's military intelligence agency. So, learn something new. Anyone else was familiar or heard about the Wagner Group before? Alright. So. Uh, yeah, well, well, I think we're probably here the African Diaspora News Channel. But always a report about the um, Mali um, and like they might try to get out the militia out of Mali and stuff like that and the unnecessary killing when they might do to the citizens. So I think I think we probably hear them name before. But um, I always remember that about the African Diaspora News Channel. They actually have um, people from like over that side who on the ground who are report what take place in those countries and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Thank you, Afo. So I learned something new today. So now when I hear the term, I'll be a little more familiar. So the, the in, in a nutshell, they are an army within, our, within an army or a supporting army, so to speak. Okay. So Julie says in the chat, they got the French out of Mali, but most of the fighting going on there is religious. Thank you for that, Julie. All right. So. On to our next story. Canada sanctions ex-Sri Lanka presidents Mahinda and Gotabaya. 
Canada has imposed sanctions on four top Sri Lankan officials, including former President Mahinda and Gotabaya Rajapaksa, over gross and systematic violations of human rights. And this is during armed conflict in the island nation. From 1983 to 2009, the Canadian Foreign Ministry has said, the Sri Lankan government has taken limited, meaningful, and concrete action to uphold its human rights obligations, the foreign ministry said on Tuesday in a press release. Tens of thousands of people were killed in the 26th civil year, civil war, sorry, the 26th year civil war between the government forces and the separatist uh, liberation tigers of Tamil Elam. Both sides were accused of war crimes, particularly in the final months of the war. The then President Mahinda Rajapaksa and his brother Gotabaya the then Defense Secretary oversaw the forces that were accused of targeting Tamil civilians. The two military officials, Staff Sergeant Sunil and Lieutenant Commander Shandana Prasad, are also on the sanctions list. Both of them were earlier sanctioned by the United States for committing serious crimes. Um, what is this one? Sunil, who was sentenced to death in 2015 for the killing of eight civilians, was pardoned by President Gotabaya Rajapaksa in 2020. The lack of accountability undermines prospects for peace and reconciliation sought by victims of the conflict, the foreign ministry has said, adding that the sanctions send a clear message that Canada will not accept continued impunity for those that have committed gross human rights violations in Sri Lanka. Um, do they have the same energy for the gross human rights that happened to i know you know they're doing the um doling out of funds to the indigenous community but i hope they have that same energy all the time all right next story china renews threat warns taiwan independence will be punished oh boy china has renewed its long-standing threat to attack taiwan and warned that foreign politicians who interact with a self-governing island are playing with fire. A spokesperson for China's Taiwan Affairs Office said on Wednesday that Beijing was recommitted in the new year to safeguarding sovereignty and territorial integrity and smashing plots for Taiwan independence. The malicious support for Taiwan independence among anti-China elements in a few foreign countries are a deliberate provocation, the spokesperson said at a bi-weekly news conference. We call on the relevant countries to cease sending the wrong signals to Taiwan independent separatist forces and cease playing with fire on the question of Taiwan. China views Taiwan, a self-governing democracy that separated from mainland China in 1949, as Chinese territory that must be brought under Beijing's control and by force if necessary. China's state-run Global Times newspaper tweeted the Taiwan Affairs Office warning that Taiwan's secession is doomed to fail and that Taiwan's independence is an act waiting to be punished. Oh boy, high-profile visits to Taiwan in recent months by foreign politicians, including then uh, U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and numerous politicians from the EU have angered Beijing and spurred huge military exercises around the island by Chinese forces, which Taipei 
views as a rehearsal for invasion. So they started the threats. Um, they, they, they started to issue their warnings last year. Um, are the foreign <laughs> interferers, quote unquote, going to take uh, China seriously? I don't know. Myanmar jails 112 Rohingya who tried to leave the country. Myanmar has jailed 112 people, which include 12 children from the minority Rohingya after they were caught attempting to leave the country. The court in Bogel in the southern region of Myanmar sentenced to the group on January 6. The state-run Global New Light of Myanmar reported on Tuesday citing local police. The group was arrested in December after they were discovered on a motorboat without any official documents. Of the 12 children, five were under the age of 13 and were sentenced to two years and the older children to three years. They were, they were transferred to a youth training school on Monday, according to the paper. The adults were all jailed for five years. The mostly Muslim Rohingya are denied citizenship and other basic rights in Buddhist-majority Myanmar, which claims they are illegal migrants from South Asia. Hundreds of thousands fled the country for neighboring Bangladesh in 2017 after a brutal crackdown by the military that is now subject of an um, international genocide trial. Okay, so I want to make sure I understand this. So in the country of Myanmar, um, the Rohingya, who are mostly Muslim, are denied citizenship, right? But they're also not allowed to leave. Is that what I'm on to understand? They're going to be penalized if they're caught leaving. Okay, so of course, you know, I'm going to Google. The Rohingya people are a stateless Indo-Aryan ethnic group who predominantly follow Islam and reside in Rakhine State, Myanmar, previously known as Burma. Huh. Um, before the Rohingya genocide in 2017, when over 740,000 fled to Bangladesh, Okay, so let me back up for a second. So they are a stateless Indo-Aryan ethnic group. So the Rohingya people, you know, I didn't know this. Every day I'm learning something new. The Rohingya people, I agree, Javet, children jailed. The Rohingya people, their populations are, and I'm going to tell you the countries, Bangladesh, Myanmar, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, UAE, India, US, Thailand, Australia, China, Indonesia, Japan, Nepal, Canada, Ireland, Sri Lanka, Finland. And they're all over. But why are they stateless within Myanmar? The Rohingya maintain they are indigenous to Western Myanmar with a her heritage of over a millennium and influence 
from the Arabs, Mughals, and Portuguese. The community claims it is descended from people in pre-colonial Arakan and colonial Arakan. Historically, the region was an independent kingdom between Southeast Asia and the Indian subcontinent. The Myanmar government considers the Rohingya as British colonial and post-colonial migrants from neighboring Chittagong or East Bengal, respectively Bangladesh. It argues that a distinct pre-colonial Muslim population is recognized as Kaman and that the Rohingya conflate their history with the history of Arakan Muslims in general to advance a separatist agenda. Oh boy. Um, makes no sense to me. Uh, what I don't, so it, these people are living like prisoners within Myanmar then, because if they can't leave and they're not reg- recognized, they have no state. Um, and that's what I'm gathering. And I may be wrong, right? But this is what I'm gathering. They want to leave. You're jailing them for attempting to leave the country. But you don't agree with their ideals. You don't agree with their culture, so to speak. So what do you want to do with them? You eliminated hundreds of thousands of them already. So I don't get it. Why not let these people be? Everybody, you know, religious beliefs, I think, is the largest or the yeah, the largest piece of the pie why there is so much discord in the world. Religious beliefs. Everybody is standing on their religious beliefs and everybody pushing their religious beliefs onto somebody else. And if you don't agree with mine, then you're a problem. Why can't we live and let live? Respect each other as human beings without forcing things upon others. Why can't we do that? You're jailing children, five under the age of 13, sentenced to two years. And yes, you you put it, it's in quotation, youth training school. What goes on in that youth training school? The other children get three years. Why are the children being punished? Why are people being punished for wanting to leave? Which leads me to the question, because I really don't know. Um, mm, That's exactly what is happening in Mali with the jihadists. Thanks again, Julie. Which leads me to ask a question. Let us say a group of us were to say we're going to get in a boat. Let's say myself. Who is here in South Florida? Myself, Fabian, Marlon. Let's say other. Well, let's say all of us were here in South Florida and decided that we don't want to be in Florida anymore. And our only escape was to jump on a boat and sail to Cuba. And let us say um, the, what you call them? <laughs> what, what's the arm that navigates the waters, the, the police of the waters? I forget now. But let us say they intercept. Coast Guard. Thank you, Dre. Coast Guard. Let us say they intercept us. Do they lock us up for 
attempting to want to leave the U.S.? Are, are you punished for that? I don't know. It's a, seriously, I really don't know. I, I think so. Um, I know, I know. I'm not sure if it's because he went to Cuba, but I was watching this documentary with, um, what's his name? He's from Michigan, uh, Michael Moore. And he went on a boat and sailed to Cuba and they wanted to lock him up. So I don't know if it's because he tried to leave just leave out like that or is because he went to Cuba, but possibly we'll get locked up. All right, let's try another country. <laughs> let's say we want to escape to Haiti because we feel oppressed and we can't take it anymore. And there's no way out for us, but to get in a boat and head to Haiti. Will we be locked up if we're caught? I don't know. Um, isn't there like international water laws or some, something like to that nature. So that is why the mouths of a coast guard out there, um, you know, a man deceased, you know, because you know, it's like to them, you say, oh, you have trespass or whatever. So, and the next country, them, them say it does the same thing, you know, you trespass, you enter international waters, waters that does not belong to you, waters that you're not a citizen of. So, I think you might get locked up or something like might that. might get locked up because I don't have the proper paperwork. I don't have the permits to show that I'm allowed to venture into international waters. Exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. Just my head doing overtime, folks. <laughs> As always, right? My head is always doing overtime. All right. We're going to take another quick break. When we return... We have stories out of North America. Keep it locked. It is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women today. So we're playing songs from Afrobeat artists. Women, thank you. Me love you very long, 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 long. Pass me your love like a ping pong, ping pong. Cause you ring my bell like a ding dong, ding dong. Cause this love ain't no good trouble, no one. I know the feeling is strong, but you is a bandit. Never love another lie. Go tell my friends, them, go tell my friends, them that he will die for me. Go tell my mama, go tell my papa that he will die for me. Come take up the money, oh Pretty baby, I'm a honey, oh Me love 
Thank you to everyone tuned in and listening on QMCRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. Thank you so much to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Of course, this is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you are listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. is usually a pretty busy weekend in South Florida. I don't know what's going to happen this Memorial Day weekend coming up because it's going to be ridiculous. Um, if you have an Airbnb, I hope you plan to make mad money this year. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this plays out. So yesterday, I came across information that Afrofest will be in Miami over the Memorial Day weekend. Of course, it's going to be headlined by Burna Boy. It's a two-day event. It's going to be headlined by Burna Boy and Wizkid. Not Budja, I mean Beanie Man will be performing, a host of other artists. So I don't know how Miami is going to contain all these people, right? I'm here for it, though. Coming up, Libyanka, 
I love it. The words do have meaning. I invite you to listen. The title track is. I'm going to pull this one up from the very top because I do love the words and I think we really need to listen. It's a reminder to check on folks, people. Don't be so self-absorbed. People are going through things. I've been drinking more alcohol for the past five days Did you check on me? Now did you look for me? I walked in the room, eyes are red and I don't smoke banga Did you check on me? Did you check on me? Now did you notice me? Nobody will know the paranoia Cause I put a smile on my face If I said you can never face and if you don't know me well at all You won't see how buried I am inside my grave Inside my grave Cause you see people, 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 people Don't really know you They don't really know you Cause you see people, people, people They don't really know you They don't really know Absolutely love that song. She's new on the scene, Libyanka. Um, People is the title track. I hope you had a chance to listen to the words. Not attacking anyone, not at all, because all of us at some point um, have been guilty of not checking on anybody. But when we're checking on someone, let us be sincere. Let us be genuine. 
I came across a clip um, with T.D. Jakes and uh, his daughter, Sarah Jakes Roberts. They were sitting down and having a conversation. And he was talking about knowing your children. But I want to extend it to knowing people, period. Those especially around you. How well do you know them? You know, you have those who can articulate themselves, articulate their feelings, and express clearly for you to understand what they're going through. But he says, those are not the ones you need to worry about. It's the ones who give you the one sentence or the one-liners or the one word. You're now forced to not only listen, but to observe them, look at them, pay attention, body language. That is where the communication lies, in the nonverbal, where those people in our lives are concerned. If their head is always down, if they can't look you in the face when they're talking to you, that may be of concern. It could be that they're struggling with something that they're too embarrassed to talk about. And it, if you were to hear it, you would think it's no biggie. But for them, it's a big deal. So we not only should be paying attention to the words, but let's pay attention to body language. And if we're not seeing them, now we have to up the ante. We have to listen to the tone of their voice. Listen to the tone. Is it dismissive? Is it low? Does it sound abnormal? It's a lot to ask of us, isn't it? Especially when we have so much going on. But we got to do for others that we would love to have done for us. Let us not just be ships passing in the night. How are you doing? Okay. But somehow that okay. Or you hear, okay. Are you going to say, whoa, hold on. What's going on? Because that okay doesn't sound like the okay you would usually get from the person. And if a person, someone says, so-so. So-so means they're not 100%. Well, in my book. But even when they say I'm doing well, listen to how it comes across. Especially, this is, these are people you know, right? You talk to them on the regular, you're around them on the regular, so you know when something is off. All right, so I've been drinking alcohol for the past five days. Did you check on me? And I don't smoke banga. Did you look for me? Are you looking out? Are you reaching out? All right? That's my moment with me. So it's time for stories out of North America. Further delays to U.S. flights expected after FAA issue, and the whole country was shut down today because of a glitch in their system. Yeah. Uh, but I got an alert. I saw an alert that they're up and running again. So, um, 
Everyone just has to be patient, patient, because as of this morning, more than 5,800 flights in and out of the U.S. had been delayed and more than 800 were canceled. Um, yeah, so it was an FAA glitch. Um, the White House said there was no evidence of a cyber attack, thankfully, at this point. Okay, so the airports are up and running again. But we just have to exercise a lot of patience because there are a lot of delays. Um, uh, Delta, no, United Airlines says that they are waiving any change fees that may have been incurred because of this. Um, and any difference in fare for customers rescheduling flights departing on or before January 16th. So that's gracious of them. Um, Delta said it was safely focused on managing operations during the morning's FAA ground stop for all carriers. Um, Air Canada, they were impacted as well. Um, yeah, airports in Paris. Yep. They had issues with the flights, U.S. flights. Air France was impacted. For U.K. passengers, British Airways, they were impacted on Virgin Atlantic. Germany's uh, flights out, uh, uh, is it Lufthansa and Spain's Iberia? So they're still operating flights for normal for now. So they're okay because of the transatlantic flights. So they're okay. But yeah, so the, it was pretty much, even though it was in the US, it affected flights globally. Okay. Um, this one is so sad. One year old child dead after exposure to fentanyl in Deerfield Beach, and the parents have been arrested. And that's Deerfield Beach, Florida. The Broward Sheriff's Office has arrested two parents accused of being responsible for the death of their one-year-old child. On Monday, 30-year-old Wendy Preville and 33-year-old uh, Shanika Dean were arrested and charged with aggravated manslaughter after their child died after being exposed to fentanyl that the father was allegedly dealing. The Broward ex Medical Examiner's Office did determine that a significant amount of fentanyl was in the child's system and was responsible for the child's death. According to detectives, the incident occurred on September 24 after deputies arrived at a home on 218 Southwest 3rd Street due to a medical uh, emergency. Once at the scene, deputies found a child in medical distress. The child was transported to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. Parents, where's your common sense? Where's your common sense? Fentanyl? So Wendy, who is the dad, was selling narcotics. And Shanika was well aware who is the mom. But it's allowing your child to be exposed to it. Lethal intoxication of fentanyl. Aggravated manslaughter. Dean, the mother, is also a teacher at Boyd Anderson High School. Of course, she will no longer be able to work with students. I understand that we're all in dire straits. We're all struggling. 
supermarket bills slapping us, FPNL slapping us, water bill kicking us down. But if you're going to do anything illicit, I'm going to have to take on the mindset of the Portuguese, right? And what they do in some parts of Canada. You can't stop what you, you just can't stop certain things. But at least you can provide safe environments. So I'm going to say this. If you're going to be dealing drugs, please keep it away from your kids. Please do not have your children anywhere near any kind of drugs. It's not worth it. That baby's gone. One year old. Adorable little boy. U.S. House Republicans vote for investigation of Biden presidency. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Republicans controlling the United States House of Representatives have voted on Tuesday to launch an investigation into what they term as Democratic President Joe Biden's weaponization of the federal government. Democrats, however, have branded it as a partisan fishing expedition. Republicans have been promising to use their new majority against the U.S. Justice Department, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and other federal agencies that investigated Republican former President Donald Trump and his supporters who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. The party-line vote on Tuesday aims to do just that, setting up a select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. The body is set to launch a wide-ranging probe of Democrat Biden's administration, which Republicans accuse of weaponizing the FBI against Trump. Republicans will also investigate claims that the Biden administration has pressured big tech companies to censor views that run contrary to White House policy. The bill establishing the panel said legislatures would probe how the executive branch works with the private sector, nonprofit groups, and other agencies to facilitate action against American citizens. We need to get to work now, said Republican James Comer, head of the Oversight Committee, in a speech on the House floor. We must expose the abuses committed by the unelected, unaccountable federal bureaucracy. Among the federal agencies pinpointed are those looking into Trump's attempt to overturn his 2020 defeat and alleged mishandling of classified documents. Trump has dismissed these probes as witch hunts. <laughs> so the Republicans are working for Trump again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This is not even funny. Is it, is it me? Or, or am I the only one? who is looking on U.S. politics as a fiasco, as a circus. Even the circus is more organized, in my opinion. I'm not going to lie. And I think the, uh, I think like the, uh, the cable stations or the news stations will say the same. Um, during the Trump administration was the most entertaining time in politics. Hands down, it's it's, it's 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 like a reality show for real. I don't know which which reality show. Um, politicians gone mad. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Whatever happened to Girls Gone Wild? They still have that thing. I don't even know. But um, yeah, we are supposed to be 
leaders of the free world. We are supposed, and I'm putting the word supposed in quotations, we are supposed to be an example of how other countries' political systems should want to operate, right? Oh, my gosh. Did, did anyone see the clip? Um, did I see, you know, let me check if I saved it first and foremost. I need to see if I saved it. It was a funny as heck picture. I saw it on TikTok um, when they were having the whole voting session, you know, the numerous voting rounds for McCarthy to get in. There is a picture of a lady holding a book. I forgot her name. It's an orange book of how many ways of not to give a F. And she was wearing an orange dress sitting. Um, oh my, I did not save it. I can't believe I did not save it. I cannot believe I did not save it. Ah, I could kill myself for that right now. But it was funny as heck. She's just sitting there while everybody else is going crazy, going at each other's necks and throats. How not to give an F. <laughs> Welcome to the United States S Show. It's called the Crap Show, folks. Welcome. Please take a seat, get comfortable, get your popcorn. If you need any refreshments, we'll be happy to pass them through the aisles. Trump executive Weaselberg will be weaseling for five months. He was sentenced to five months for tax fraud. Uh, longtime Trump Organization executive Alan Weaselberg has been sentenced to five months in prison for tax fraud and taken into custody in New York City, courtesy of Al Jazeera. The former Trump Organization chief financial officer had delivered testimony that helped convict the company in 2022 of tax fraud in a Manhattan court. But Weaselberg maintained that neither the company's namesake, former President Donald Trump, nor his family knew about the scheme as it was happening. Yeah, right. On Tuesday, Weaselberg was handcuffed and taken into custody moments after the sentence was announced. He was expected to be taken to New York City's notorious Rikers Island jail complex. Weaselberg's five-month sentence had previously been negotiated in August when he agreed to plead guilty to 15 tax crimes and testify against the company. He faced up to 15 years in prison without the agreement. As part of the plea agreement, Judge Juan Manuel Merchan also ordered Wieselberg to pay nearly $2 million in taxes, penalties, and interest. Wieselberg will also have to complete five years of probation after his jail term is finished. Wieselberg's three days of testimony at the trial against the Trump Organization offered a glimpse into the inner workings of Trump's real estate empire. After all, he had worked for the family for nearly 50 years. And you're telling me for the nearly 50 years that he worked with the organization, uh, they didn't know anything. And we're supposed to believe that. You know what? Here's how, this, this is what I'm imagining. This is the conversation I'm imagining. Donnie calls him up and says, hey, oh, no, you can't call him up. We're going to meet in person, make sure it's a rumor. There are no bugs, nothing. So Weasel, here's what's going to happen. I have been able to evade every possible target, uh, what you call it, pin that they're trying to throw at me. Missed everyone. You're going to fall in line. Say what you have to say. 
but you're going to maintain that I know nothing and my family knows nothing, right? Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got you. When you get out, I'll be here for you, right? Take a plea deal. Just make sure you don't incriminate me. I'm sorry. I find it hard to believe that for 50 years, you're working and you for somebody and the person who has no idea, none whatsoever, not an inkling, huh? nothing. Weaselberg said he, during his testimony, Weaselberg said he had betrayed the Trump family by conspiring with a subordinate to hide more than a decade's worth of extras from being included as part of his taxable income, which include a free Manhattan apartment, something the size of an apartment, luxury cars, and grandchildren's private school tuition. How do you hide that? How do you hide that? Really? <sighs> oh, do you know that he even celebrated his 75th birthday at Trump Tower with cake and colleagues in August? And that was just hours after finalizing the plea agreement. <laughs> And then you expect me to believe, say, Trump, their family never know about all of these things. Man, go have several seats. Five months, though. They might as, well, might as well have just ignored the five months and just put him on probation. Yeah, five months instead of 15 years. What was the point of putting him in, putting him in for the five months? I, I don't really see the point. Just give him house arrest or probation, whatever you want to call it. That's how I see it at this point, because this whole thing is a joke in this country. But anyway, anybody had a ticket for last night's um, jackpot? Did anybody have a ticket? Hmm? Anybody had a ticket? I hope you all had a ticket. But anyway, sorry to burst your bubble. Nobody won. So the Mega Millions jackpot soars to $1.35 billion, second largest in history, after no winner claimed Tuesday's prize. Uh, uh, uh. Well, for some reason, though, I don't think the increase is significant enough, right? Because uh, it is now $1.35 only. That sounds narrow to me. It sounds like it should be larger than that. Uh, that's a boost from Tuesday's jackpot of $1.1 billion, which saw no tickets matching all six winning numbers. But folks, don't toss your tickets aside. You may still have something there if you caught five numbers or something, right? So the six winning numbers, 7, 13, 14, 15, damn, 13, 14, 15, 18, and the Mega Ball nine all low numbers this time while no ticket matched the jackpot drawing 16 won the game's second tier prize taking home up to three million dollars so again folks do uh do not do not do not throw out your tickets okay please do not uh don't 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 uh rick i did send the invite i hope you got it 
yeah, do not throw out your tickets. Check them, please do, in case we've all won. All right? You see, I'm positioning myself saying we've all won. <laughs> I'm being very presumptuous. All right, now it is time for... business and tech news folks americans are piling up credit card debt and it could prove very costly story courtesy of npr.org more americans are leaning on their credit cards in the face of rising prices and as interest rates continue to climb that debt is getting a lot more expensive the average credit card user was carrying a balance of $5,474 last fall. And that's according to TransUnion, up 13% from 2021. That marks a reversal from the first year of the pandemic when many Americans were able to pay down credit card debt thanks to generous government relief payments and limited spending on travel and entertainment. As credit card balances balloon again, they can cast a long shadow over family finances. And here's what you need to know about rising credit card debt and what you can do about it. It's the everyday stuff that people are charging. With inflation outpacing incomes, more people are relying on credit cards to cover everyday expenses. Contrary to popular opinion, it is not usually a vacation or shopping spree, says senior industry analyst Ted Rossman of Bankrate. It's usually something pretty practical that gets you into credit card debt. But unfortunately, it's easy to get in and hard to get out of. Here's what I will say as far as if you're going to be using it for everyday purchases, right? Um, I will say, if you use it, use it on cards that give you cash back, that you're able to earn a percentage back on right um and as you get pay as you get your paycheck as you're paid pay it pay all of it that you've used right so let us say you've used it to purchase gas you've used it to purchase your lunch um and little snacks here and there throughout the week when you get paid, if you're paid weekly, let's say that amounts to $150, pay it right away. That's it, right? Cashback cards are good to use. It, in my opinion, and I'm not giving financial advice to anyone, let me just say, make that clear because I'm not a financial advisor. But that's what I would do if I'm going to use it for everyday stuff. Pay off as I get paid. Um, if you find, hold on a sec, if you find that you are relying heavily on a credit card to survive, that's an issue. 
it means that your expenses outweigh your, your income. And I'm hoping that the expenses we're talking about are necessities, car payment, um, car insurance, rent or mortgage, um, your cell phone. Um, what else is there? Whatever living expenses there are, not frivolous expenses. If you are out shopping, going on a shopping spree, or you are there on Amazon, just click, 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 clicking every damn thing you see, and you're putting yourself in problems because you're buying things you don't have the money to pay for. Now you have to curb that behavior and get a grip. Self-control, because you're living above your means. If you, if you have five pairs of, five pairs of jeans, you know damn well you don't have the you can't afford to buy five more. Why are you click 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 clicking and putting putting it on a credit card? That's irresponsible spending, in my opinion. I know someone opened their mic. Please go right ahead. Oh yeah. Um. So I just got a a credit card. Want to pick it up yet? But gonna be my first time. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, come on, try to build some credit. You know, cause I have, uh, I have no credit. So, um, uh, once I got a Capital One credit card, and then, you know, um, to give me a credit line limit. So, I did a kind of local research. I watched some videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And then talk about the due date, the statement date, which one is supposed to pay upon for building credit more, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so, I kind of look forward for that new journey, you know, credit card, new credit card journey. Um, but I'm already aware that. The limit would then give me, I can't really get nothing where I go near to to the limit. I'll probably get maybe something small. Uh, probably the least on my pay, maybe like a hundred dollars a month or something like that. Just for can't you know pay on every month for just continue bill. Uh, what do you call it? Credit. Uh, if I should end up use it. Um, with something else, like you know, say something quick, I'm just want to and grab it. I can just easily pay up. I might do that, and as well, uh, just or if I'm paying that off rather than wait to the month end before I probably try and pay it off. Uh, I think I said something like that. If you use it and you have the money, you can just or if I'm paying it off, just pay it off rather than what, wait till a month before you try to pay it off. Uh, say something like that. Okay, so my my recommendation. If you use it throughout the week, let's say you're paid weekly. Most truckers are paid weekly, right? If you're paid weekly, um, as you get paid, pay off that credit card. So, for example, you're on the road, right, Afo? And you use it. Let us say it's a card, especially, that gives you back um, cash, meaning you get back a percentage, 1%, um, 2%, whatever. You get a percentage back of whatever you spend. Um, use the card to purchase your food or whatever, but as soon as you get paid, you pay it off. That's my recommendation. Try to avoid carrying a balance as much as possible, right? Um something I learned from my father, not something I always practiced. And I'm going to be very honest. You know, we're young and dumb. We all were young and dumb at some point, And I sure was. 
but it was something he always instilled. Yes, he had credit cards, but he never believed in credit. He believed you pay for what you want. No borrowing about the money. Don't use people. His thing was ten toes down. Do not use people's money. He didn't believe in loans. He didn't believe in in credit cards. Yeah, all the family family done. Because, yeah, because uh, my wife went ahead and, and took a credit card as well. So that'll be fear first credit card as well. You know what I mean? Mm. And right. Yes, we do get um, like a, them show you a little place where you can go and get cash back or percentage. Right. Some show cash, some show percentage. You know? Yeah. So the cards that he would use, he would only use them, for example, you know, you'd go to Mace, go to Macy's, okay, and you, they're having sales, right? And you can get an additional amount off. He would y- use his card, pay for the goods, and turn right around and pay it off right then and there. And people would look at him confused. Like, why are you doing that? You know you don't have to do that. He's like, yes, I'm paying this off right now. Of course, he had a credit card for if he had to rent a vehicle, right? Um, and for when he's traveling and you have to be able to take care of something quickly. But the minute him land, him appear off in debt. He was not can because he was of the belief is not his money. And number one, him not paying no interest for nobody money. He wasn't, he, he said, I'm not making nobody richer. Me use it, me pay for it, or not catching me. And his thing was, if you don't have the money, you can't afford it. That was his rule of thumb. People out shopping and a swipe, 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 happy. Spending thousands of dollars knowing well good them not have it in a them account for cover the debt. Don't do it. We have to be responsible. Um, America operates off a of credit. That, there's that's just the way it is here and you're forced into credit if you don't have credit you're nobody but you have to understand good credit and bad credit there is a big difference yes there are a lot of videos on youtube there's a lot of information out there you can talk to financial analysts financial advisors and they can help to guide you how to be responsible with the use of credit and credit cards it's very easy for us to say here's another thing it's very easy for us to say you know what let me get this i can pay a fee next week or the end of the month and you know what happens sometimes something else comes up something else comes up and so your intended plan to pay it off for this frivolous purchase doesn't happen doesn't happen so we just have to think carefully all right go ahead naturalist good morning blessings 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 you know the the conversation we have nowadays about credit and these things is a conversation i wish i had heard when i was um uh you know growing up and that's another reason why you know i don't all everyone's going all heard don't get a don't get a credit card. Don't get into debt and all these things. I never heard about um how to use these things uh for your benefit and, until I started doing stuff on, on my own. So that's why I think it's very important for us to you know get our kids a credit card. 
or even put them on our credit card because as you said credit is what you need to in in, in this country to actually um to do anything mm-hmm. and i i use like your credit card and i've never paid interest uh because each credit card gives you say 30 days to, to pay to pay to pay the balance and i just you know pay the next one come i'll pay it and my favorite card right now is the apple card because i just love all their their interface interfaces with the phone and how easy it is to navigate exactly what you're going to pay how much interest you pay it's all there plain as day and uh right now use my credit cards actually pay a bill for me every month and all i'm doing is is paying for stuff that i normally would use my cash for but there's some reason the card and gets in the um and gets in the benefit at the same time i don't use cash on my debit card pay for nothing. If I'm buying a water, I use my credit card for everything. And uh that's how I build credit and that's also you know reap the, the credit and reward. Imagine that. You paying a bill that your normal would pay anyway mm-hmm. and somebody is paying you for paying your bill. You can't be that. So can I be afraid of credit card? We just gotta be the boss. It's like it's like um alcohol. It's fine for a drink once in a while, but if you don't do it, then you get the problems. Thank you, Naturalist. So what Naturalist is doing is endorsing what I'm saying. You have to be responsible and manage your finances, manage your usage, right? You have to. Yeah, that's why I, I, I always rejected getting a credit card. When I was in Jamaica, I was like, oh, I'll never get one of those because, yeah, of, the, because of what I've, you know, the horror story. I uh, never know how to really use it, you know what I mean? So getting this, I do my research and stuff like that. I never said to my wife, like, you know what, when we have a child, yeah, we definitely have to teach them some financial literacy, how to use credit, especially if we're still over here, because, uh, you know what I mean, um, virus is a credit run here, so yeah, you know what I mean? Right through the credit. And yeah. even if we find out if you have, like, the fact that we live over here, we try to get a house in Jamaica, they want credit score. Yeah. Like, what? Yes. Yeah, so I'm like, damn it. So yeah. I was like, you know, I really have to go ahead and get a credit card, build some credit, so in case when that time comes, um, and them say, oh, credit score, well, actually, um, I could be like, all right. We'll have credit score, so we're good to go, you know what I mean? So, trust me, I've been doing some research. Well, thanks again for the information. You're welcome, Afo. You are welcome. Definitely. Anytime. All right, so. So, sorry to cut Hey, Nastro. No, no, no. Go right ahead. Um, Like, just how, like, Afo said. Can everybody hear? I know that it's a little yeah. bit loud where I'm at. No, we can hear you. We can hear awesome. you. So, like how Afo just said, you know, there's a lot of distrust for credit in our community. And, you know, everybody says, you know, I'm afraid to get it because of what I've heard horror story. And like Kazi said, like financial literacy is very important. And I want to share my personal story with credit is that I got my first credit card when I was 18, young, had my first job. Um, and I had about $20,000 worth of credit at the time. And... Uh, I was going to school and I wasn't, I found out that my mother was going to help me pay um, my tuition with me anymore. So 
I stupidly charged my tuition on my credit card because I'm just like, I need to register for class and I was focused on graduating, not really thinking of how that would impact me for the years. I knew I was going to have this interest of the 26%. Um, but again, I'm trying to figure out financial literacy on my own. Had no idea that, you know, that was like the dumbest thing you could do. But in my head, I'm like, this is the only place that I know I could get cash real quick. Um, so I could be able to go to school. And I've been trying to pay it off for years. And then when the pandemic happened um, and I lost my job, I didn't have means to pay it back. And so I end up losing my credit card and that line of credit. Um, with that inability to pay it back and it really mashed up my credit even though i've maintained a good credit score from 18 till last year um and i say this to say that like even when you do make financial mistakes it's like had i known the information that i knew now i could have fixed that mistake but i was already too far ahead and you know, you will hear these horror stories. You will hear things about how people mess up their credit because it is a more common thing because we're not educating each other about it. It's just like, don't spread the fear, spread the education um, and spread the mentorship, especially towards our youth where, you know, encourage them to get a credit card, but encourage them and say, okay, when you're doing this, here are steps of how to be wise and, you know, explain to them, you know, these are the opportunities you can have. Like, you know, if you have a good credit score, you can get your house. You can do all these other things you're not limited to the options thank you um you're not limited to your option you're not limited in options anymore when you have a solid credit score especially if you choose to stay in the states or go overseas um and i know that it's going to take me about what six seven years to fix the mistake of last year but at least having the experience um of what I've been hearing, and this is kind of where I'm asking for support if anybody knows any financial person that can support and just, you know, how to correct that error and like kind of get it off of my credit report. Because um, I know there's different options out there. Um, and I'm being vulnerable to say, you know, I'm somebody who made that mistake because I got it early and I was just mindless about it. It's not like I didn't pay. I've all, I have had 100% payments um, up until that moment when I lost my job. So it's, it's like, don't be afraid to have credit, um, but also make sure that you're educating each other and, you know, you know, get a group of people where you can talk your finances. Like, it shouldn't be a thing um, where, you know, having financial conversations are still uncomfortable. We should be able to talk about money as a community and be able to talk about our mistakes and how we're able to gain. Um, and I land there and thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Nastra. And I will get a, I will get um, a number over to you. I'm going to get some, I'll pass some information on to you. Um, okay. Let me check the chat. So, ooh, Chief says, pay off the total balance before the due date to build credit. After the due date, you risk interest. Okay. Jilly says, a credit card is essentially a loan. It is not free money, okay? Uh, Chief says, again, each card has its own usage, benefits, or disadvantages, and that is true. You have to, when you are looking to get a credit card, or as we know, you'll open your mailbox and you'll see tons of um, offers, right? 
you have to read the fine print. You want to pay attention to the APR. You want to see if there are annual fees. Um, because for there are some cards, you get it today and you already open it already because of these fees that are assessed, okay? Um, when you talk, you hear me talk about cash back. You ought to be careful with that as well. Weigh the, the, the pros and the cons. Look at the APR, look at the cash back. If it is a card that's most favorable to you, again, be responsible. You want to um, be able to take advantage of the cashback, meaning you don't want to earn interest or accrue interest and then the cashback wipes it out. I'll get into that another time. But um, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask your question. Go right ahead. I, oh yeah, sorry okay. about that. Um, yeah, I think what, yeah, Chief, I think Chief said the same thing. Um, about paying off before the due date so yeah. i think that date that he's talking about is the statement date because in the videos that i was watching they said the statement date no one is a statement date um i think that's where you, you, you earn credit or the most credit when they pay on the statement date instead of the due date uh some others say you can call the credit bureau or whoever give you that credit card and let them know you want the statement date and the due date to be on the same date so that you don't get caught up like, oh, when is this, um, the statement date or when is the due date? You know, it's all on the, the same day. So, yeah. All right. So, um, okay, back to Chief. No, Okay, so understand the advantages and disadvantages of each credit card out there. So pay attention. Don't just go applying. Read, 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 and don't be afraid to ask questions okay um Geely says after seven years if you're delinquent on your credit card payment you don't need to pay now i have heard this Geely so many times but here's where a lot of people get caught what happens is they sell your debt to third-party companies and then these third-party companies put it on your credit report right and that affects your credit and it becomes a whole nightmare. Yes, there are people with who know how to have items removed. They know the process. They know the procedure. Uh, but with those people too, you want to be careful. All right? Because some people are fly by night. They want to take care of them, charge your bag of money to try to take you and none do nothing about it. Do research, right? The best thing is to try to avoid as much as possible going delinquent. Now, of course, it does not apply to medical bills or student loans. Oh, Jilly, thank you for saying that too, because now there's something else I can, uh, I want to say. You're reminding me. Some credit cards offer protection for when you are out of work. You want to look into that feature, right? They, it's like an insurance. Some cards offer the opportunity for you to freeze it. Some offer where you pay uh, a small amount each month and that goes towards protection. It's like insurance, right? Because we all know there's nothing is perfect in this world, right? You may lose your job. And if you lose your job and you're out of work for three months, you don't want to know that your credit is being affected. So this paycheck, it's like a paycheck protection or whatever you want to call it, um, protects you and your credit. So that's something, um, to look into as well. Okay. Julie made another comment. Also, 
always pay double the minimum amount if you're having a running monthly balance. Yes, that way you end up paying less interest. Great point again, uh, Julie. Now, let's say, for example, um, I fell behind, right? Or let us say I have three credit cards that I'm using and I'm struggling right now. Let us say the minimum payment is $20. Pay attention to the figures on your statement. How much is interest? How much interest have you accrued? You know they're telling you? Your balance, interest, blase, blase. Okay, pay attention to that. One thing I used to recommend when I used to do credit card collections, I used to recommend to the people that I would talk to, I say, hey, listen, don't just make the minimum payment. You see that amount for the interest? Can you add that amount to your minimum payment and make that payment? And if they say, no, it's too much, I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let us, let us at least double up on the payment, minimum. So if they say to you, your minimum payment is $20, pay $40 pay for it. It helps. The little helps, right? The little helps. Something better than nothing, them say. But if you can, and you're, if you can do that, that I'm recommending, pay the interest plus the uh, minimum payment, or if you can round up, you know what I mean? So let's say interest plus payment come to $75. If you can manage to round up to a hundred, do that. Now, another recommendation I can make. You have three cards, uh, different amounts owing, and your goal is say, you know what, for 2023, I want to I, I pay these cards off. It's hard to attack all three at once. I can only recommend this. Start with the smallest card. Continue to pay the minimum or more than the minimum minimum plus interest or double your minimum payments on the others and aggressively attack the one that has the smallest balance. Once you have that one taken care of, move on to the next one, right? That's just a recommendation. It has worked for people, um, right? Okay, next one. Rosolo says, statement date is when they generate your bill which is easier if you have a paperless setup. If you're receiving your statement through the mail, it is harder to pay on the statement date. AFO is right. If you can pay as soon as the bill is generated, that is better. So recommendation here from Rosolo is see if you can do a paperless setup so that you get that alert for the statement date. All right. So Quite a few tips here. Um, for those of us or for anyone listening and you have derailed, right? Life happens. Good things happen. To, I mean, bad things happen to good people. We can plan out our lives and try to be as intentional as possible. But sometimes life throws us a curveball. Nobody knew the pandemic was coming. We were sucker punched in the pandemic and everybody took a hit. And the one thing I regret is that um, credit reporting agencies and um, debt um, agencies did not seek to say, you know something, let us look out for the greater good. But anyway, all right, that happened. We have to, we have to put on our big girl panties and pull up our briefs, right? 
do not be dismayed. Do not feel discouraged. You can rebound from this. Get all your debt together. If, you, if it's credit cards, get all your credit cards together. And start working from the smallest up. Okay? If you have one that is still good, take care of that one. All right? Gingerly handle that one. Okay? Just a few recommendations, and I appreciate everyone. You know, we don't have all the answers here. We don't have all the recommendations because um, we're not credit specialists. But experience, right, and research allows us to be able to offer some little advice that we can, and we hope it benefits someone. So as naturalist said, do not be afraid of credit. Understand it so that we can use it to our advantage. Number two, takeaway. Let us learn financial literacy and teach our children financial literacy. That way we're preparing them to be more responsible. Okay? Okay. Yes, Tasha. Thank you. So, we, that's how we build up our communities, teaching each other, helping each other, and supporting each other. All right. Thank you, everyone. Disney employees must return to work in office for at least four days a week, says the CEO. Story courtesy of NPR. Oh, boy. The party is over. Fun times are over. Company-wide email was sent out this week, and Disney employees must return to the office for at least four days a week. As I've been meeting with teams throughout the company over the past few months, I've been reminded of the tremendous value in being together with the people you work with, he said. Hmm. As you've heard me say many times, creativity is the heart and soul of who we are and what we do at Disney. And in a creative business like ours, nothing can replace the ability to connect, observe, and create with pairs that comes from being physically together, nor the opportunity to grow professionally by learning from leaders and mentors. Disney announced in November uh, that uh, the CEO would be stepping back into his role as CEO. He was first CEO from 2005 to 2020. Okay, so um, that CEO is Iger or Iger. Not sure how he pronounces his name. Um, yeah, so, okay. I think with the pandemic, I think it, serves, well, in my humble opinion, to the realization that everybody doesn't have to be in the office. Every job does not have to be done in the office. Some jobs are done perfectly remotely, right? Um, I appreciate at least he's not saying you must come back for five days, at least four days. Okay, let's see. And there's, there are some people, the truth is there are some people who cannot do remote work. They can't, they are not cut out for it. And they will tell you that they need the camaraderie. They need to be able to connect. They need to be around people. It's just like some students suffered during the pandemic when it was um, at home learning. Their grades tanked because that's not how, that's not what they want. They can't survive like that. But then you have the other group of us who like being alone. <laughs> In our little corner, 
working away and, you know, we're very productive that way. So I think it has changed how um, companies will now look when it comes or should look and understanding the dynamics of human resources. Some work better in other situations than others. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Chief, for putting this in the chat. National Foundation for Credit Counseling is a nonprofit organization that gives help. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Chief. I know Sunet, go right ahead. My apologies. Go ahead. Was it Sunet that opened? Sunet, was it you who opened it? No, it was James. James. Yeah, morning. Okay, everyone. go ahead, James. Good morning. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, the, the, the virtual thing, um, working from home could be kind of considered like a double edged sword because, you know, there, there are a lot of people that can work effectively um, virtually. But when you look at uh, major cities, like the downtown core of major cities, that infrastructure, like billions of dollars worth of infrastructure that was set up to accommodate, like working in the office, like it's going to be severely affected, like, because like, it's like everything just happened like suddenly, right? So for example, like I have a friend that owns a restaurant downtown and, um, He's paying like $25,000 a month for rent. That's just rent. Um, but he's able to make that money like easily because we have like half a million people downtown on a daily basis. Since the pandemic, that's it. So he, he have to be like kind of, you know, that, that $25,000 a month, that's a fixed bill that had to be paid. You have to be paying that. Meanwhile, the drop-off is, like, ridiculous. And now you have politicians are begging or pleading to offices to, to at least have people going back four days because everything is, like, like the, 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 the transit. They have lost, like, something like over $100 million in the pandemic because the ridership is, like, at 25% now. So, yeah, it, 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 it can act as a double-edged sword. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what the future looks like and how, like, small businesses and, you know, government recover from this pandemic. Yeah. All right. Thank you, um, James. Thank you so much. So, in health and science news, your attention span is shrinking, studies say. But here is how you can stay focused, courtesy of CNN Health. So, let's get into this one. Why am I saying so, so many times? But anyway, my apologies. I've been working steadily for hours now, but feel as if I haven't started yet. My attention is being pulled from my assigned task, writing the story by a myriad of what I believe are necessary work interruptions. Okay, a couple were from my cat who also firmly believes in their necessity. My kids and I call days like this squirrel days in honor of Doug, the talking dog in Squirrel. The 2009 Pixar movie Up Who, Squirrel, was constantly distracted by, well, just about Squirrel. Unfortunately, all too many of us are having Squirrel days, according to Dr. Gloria Mark, a professor of informatics at the University of California, who studies how digital media impacts our lives. In her new book, Attention Span, a groundbreaking way to restore balance, happiness, and productivity. Mark explained how decades of research has tracked the decline of the ability to focus. 
In 2004, we measured the average attention on a screen to be two and a half minutes. Some years later, we found attention spans to be about 75 seconds. Now we find people can only pay attention to one screen for an average of 47 seconds. Not only do people concentrate for less than a minute on any one screen, Mark said, but when attention is diverted from an active work project, it also takes about 25 minutes to refocus on that task. Wait, what? In fact, our research shows it takes 25 minutes, 26 seconds before we go back to the original working sphere or project. Well, how can that be? If we look at work in terms of switching projects, as opposed to the micro view of switching screens, we find people spend about 10 and a half minutes in any work project before being interrupted internally or by someone else and then switch to another work project. Yes, but then we go back to the original work, right? Wrong, Mark said. Instead, when we are interrupted on project two, we switch yet again to a different task. Call it project three. Unbelievably, her research has shown we're also interrupted on project three and move on to project four. And then you go back and pick up the original project, Mark explained. But it's not like you're interrupted and you do nothing for over 25 minutes. You're actually working on other things. At least I can tell my boss that when I miss my deadline. However, there's a switch cost. A switch cost is the time it takes you to reorient back to your work. Where was I? What was I thinking of? That additional effort can also lead to errors and stress. Then there is the myth of multitasking. Why is all of this a problem? After all, it's called multitasking. Thought to, by many to be a highly prized skill for coping with the demands of the information age. With the exception of a few rare individuals, there is no such thing as multitasking, Mark said. Unless one of the tasks is automatic, like chewing gum or walking, you cannot do two effortful things at the same time. For example, she said, you cannot read email and be in a video meeting. When you focus on one, you lose the other. You're actually switching your attention very quickly between the two. And when you switch your attention fast, it's correlated with stress. Blood pressure rises. Heart rate speeds up. Psychological measures of stress also show negative outcomes. More fatigue, more mistakes, and less productivity. The more people multitask, the more errors they make. Who did this to us? We did. Of course, with the help of tech culprits like social media, tablets, and television. But the technology Mark blames most is email. To me, email is probably the worst because it becomes a symbol of work. Adding that research has found a direct correlation between email and higher stress. Lord, I feel I was the case study. We cut off email for some workers in an organization for one work week, she said. Using heart rate monitors, 
we found that they became significantly less stressed and were able to focus significantly longer. I find myself pausing work to look up flights to Bora Bora. All right, they have email there too. <laughs> there is no way that a person can just completely cut off from technology and work in today's world. So let's learn how to live with it in a way that maintains our positive well-being. Get your mojo back. Regaining your focus requires you to be mindful of how you're using your technology. A daunting task if you consider the average American spends at least 10 hours a day on screens. Paradoxically, you can use technology to help. Schedule rote work for the first part of the day when you're not fully alert. Then use technology to block distractions when you're at your mental best. At night, offload tasks from your brain by writing them down and then put the list away. Distracted by social media sites? Hide them. Take the icons off your desktop and bury the apps on your phone inside folders where it takes an extra effort to find them. Leave your phone in another room or put it in a drawer and lock it. It's also important to learn when to take a break. If you have to read something more than once or if the words are just not registering, it's time to stop and replenish, she said. The best break is a walk in nature. Just a 20-minute walk in nature can help significantly relax people. And, Mark said, we found it can help produce significantly more ideas. It's called divergent thinking. If it's too cold to walk outside, do something engaging that takes no mental effort. I have a friend who is an MIT professor, and his favorite activity is matching socks. Another one who likes to iron. Ideas can incubate, and then we can come back to the hard work and see it with fresh eyes. And I'm glad this story is up. I'm glad it's up. I felt as though I was the case study because I would pride myself in being able to multitask. Being able to juggle so many things at once, but really and truly, you end up being high, strong, and stressed. And the emails? Have you ever gone to work? And you open that email, ding, 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 and you're like, what the heck? And what it does, well, what it did to me, these emails, I was treating everything with sense of urgency. I gotta respond, I gotta respond, I gotta respond. Even if there were emails that re required no response, but because you see them there, okay, let me see, let me see, let me see. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. And then while you're there checking emails, the, your desk phone is ringing. Oh, did you see so, 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 so? No, I'm just getting to the emails. I haven't got to it. Yet. Oh, I sent it. Uh, well, I have so many emails that I'm trying to get through. Did you mark yours priority or something? Okay, well, I'll get to it shortly. Or if it's something that's really urgent, okay, hold on, let me scan through and let me find it. Emails do create stress. You'll be responding to an email and ding, there goes an alert, another email pops in. And what happens? You turn your attention 
to the other email that comes in because we're so worried about sense of urgency. So we really need to let go of this idea that being able to multitask is so great. If we truly want to be productive, restore balance and happiness and eliminate stress, we're going to have to change the way we do things. So, Rosolo, yes, I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't need you to open your mind. We need to preserve ourselves. Remember we spoke about going above and beyond. Was it in here or was it in, um, what you call it, Days After Dark? When we were talking about preservation, who taught us that we need to go above and beyond? To excel. We now get the XLP. We now get the CMP. We now get an extra bonus. We're getting the same bonus as we're getting the same pay as the person sitting next to us who is doing what their paycheck pays them to do. Why we feel we have to outshine everybody, run faster than everybody. If the goal is to climb 10 ladders, we have to do 20. Thinning out ourselves for a company who, if we drop down today, we're replaced tomorrow. We need to put things in perspective, folks. And nobody's saying not perform. Meet your goals. Operate as required. But also think about your preservation. If your working hours are 8 to 5, why are you there until 9 o'clock at night? Monday to Friday. Monday to Thursday. Why are you opening up that damn laptop on the weekends? Why are you answering emails on a weekend? You're being run ragged, strung out, stressed. So my darling cousin, Rosolo, please put yourself first. Put yourself first. Yesterday, and I'll put her business out there. You can cuss me afterwards. I don't care. Um, yesterday, she ends up in the ER. While we're on the show, I didn't even know until after the show. Right? Ends up in the ER. And I'm going to tell you what her blood pressure reading was. I don't care, Rosolo. You can cuss me later as far as I'm concerned. I really don't give a damn. Still love you. Um, first, she said when she got up in the morning, was ridiculously high. Okay, ridiculously high. Where is the damn email text message thread? Let me let me scroll back. Okay. Oh, called her after the show to say something to her. I'm in the ER. What the hell are you doing in the ER? When I woke up, it was like one eighty something over something and her friend took her to the ER. Okay. What the heck? So um at 4:13 the pressure before 4:13 as a matter of fact, the pressure was 204. What the hell is it doing up there? What the heck? 
is this max speed? Okay, now we got to 208. All right. So I said, are they sure the machine is working? Because that makes no sense. They gave her medication and it went up to 208. So finally, at five, at 605, see, I'm time stamping text messages. At 605, 16691. While she's in the emergency room, she gets a call. Work related. I'm in the emergency room. I don't know if them deaf are something. So are you going to be on the three o'clock call? See what I'm telling you about corporate America? You tell them you are in the emergency room and them are going to ask you if you are going to be on a three o'clock call. Wake the hell up, folks. Wake the hell up. They don't give two shillings about any of you. They have goals. They need their production done. They don't care what's going on with you. They're not listening to you. I don't. So she tells them, no, I'm not going to be on the three o'clock call because I'm in the hospital. You know, the next sentence is. But we really need you. You know what my response would have been? F you. Sorry. See, that's the entitled part of me coming out. That's my response. That has been my response through life. F you. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't need this. That's a, and, and Never worked. That's not a good men mindset to have. But that would have been my response. I'm in the ER. So are you going to be in the 3 o'clock? I'm in the hospital. Uh, but I really need you. <laughs> check, check. You got to check folks, people. Check folks. But while I'm pointing the finger of, you know, at, go ahead, go ahead, go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, chief. So moments. Uh, thank you for sharing that story. Um, because we know that we live in a culture that is built on capitalism and enslaving people through that source of capitalism. The real question at this point is going to be, what do we do collectively to support her? Right. Like exactly. At this point, we need we need to look at. What are, what are going to be the solutions? What options can we alleviate that amount of stress? Because if you get to the point where you're, how you survive is dictated on whether or not you live or die, we need to find some real, we need to create opportunities for her to really take advantage of quality self time right because if 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 it means that much why are you breaking up why are you breaking up chief chief adjust your antenna adjust your antenna no we're hearing you loud and clear you just need to adjust your antenna switch to a different satellite hold on let me move my beard around okay you ready <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> 
but no, seriously, we need to create some, this is an opportunity for us to say, to show how we can support whatever it is she needs, right? Whatever, whatever it is we need to create to alleviate that problem, because we know too many people who can't even afford to take a day off, whether they're sick or healthy. And when we know that there are people who in our in our personal lives who are in that situation, I think it's our responsibility to find ways to support that person's needs in whatever way possible. You know, it's like, okay, you shouldn't have to do anything. If you're going to be off work, you shouldn't have to do anything, right? Like we make suggestions of things that people should do to, to alleviate a problem, but you, you, we forget, okay, wait a minute. Maybe she doesn't have the resources she needs to, to do self, self-care stuff, right? Like, okay, then let's create some spa packages or whatever she needs, some getaway, something that'll allow her in her daily, in her day-to-day thing, like, okay, tomorrow after you get off work, I have this massage appointment scheduled for you. I got this float therapy scheduled for you. We need to really do that and create some ways to alleviate, keep her, her, her uh, high blood pressure down. And I can imagine that her blood pressure probably shot up even more the moment she had to go to ER mm-hmm. because that happens to us. We, I, it's happened to me every time, every time I visit a doctor's office, my blood pressure skyrockets. And then they give you medication that increases your blood pressure. And they, so you can't leave until your blood pressure goes down. By that time, you've probably fallen asleep and your blood pressure fell on its own. You know what I'm saying? Like you, we have to relax. We have to relax ourselves because we know we're thinking, oh my God, what are the tests going to say? And what is, you know, are they going to keep me here? Or are they going to do a cardiac <laughs> test? And I got to, I got to, you know, I stay in the hospital. I got a heart issue. You start to panic internally and you're already yeah. stressing over the fact that you might have to miss work. So whatever, whatever we can create, whatever we can come up with, uh, I'm willing to be a part of that process. And I hope that we do that. So thank you. Thank you so much, Chief. You know how me me, me, me cuss her all the time. I cuss her all the time. She can tell you. I cuss her ass out all the time. I tell her, you're doing too much. You're doing the most. You, what do you mean your ancients? Are you looking at work related stuff on the weekend? Is your company? Ask her, she'll tell you. I cuss her ass out. Zero filter. I mean, I have no problem for cuss off anybody but at her job. No issues with that. I have you the reason she's stressed out. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, but that, that, I mean, sometimes yeah. we become we become a victim of our own success. So you're efficient, you you're producing, you're delivering, and then that expectation, the people expect that you'll always go over and above because you're efficient and because you're delivering and because you're good at what you do. Mhm. It's true. It is true. The, what, what do I say, Donald? The reward for good work is more work. That's it. And is it, is it, we spoke about boundaries, right? 
And they're going to test those boundaries. They're going to test it. They're going to call you on a Friday evening. And if you answer the phone, yes, she answered. So now they're going to test Saturday. Send an email. Boom, she answered. Or if you have it where they get an alert that you opened the email, right? Because, you know, you can have that set up. Yes, she opened it. So I know she's on it. And then they're watching and waiting. And then they're going to test Sunday. And you might be saying, oh, you know what? Let me go ahead and answer, answer chief this one time. No biggie. And then next weekend, it's a repeat. And it keeps going. And it gets worse and more demanding. Set your boundaries. Do not disturb. Block them for the weekend. Yes, if I don't know about Android, but you can go into your Apple phone and block certain callers. Monday morning, you resume. Back to business. No send me no email. No send me no, no call my phone. We have to establish boundaries for self-preservation. The job doesn't need you more than your family needs you, folks. If she up in a, end up in a hospital, who may I go cuss? Me can't call the hospital and I cuss her ass out there then. No, I have to be nice then. Seriously, folks. Take a step back for a second and look at what you are allowing people, your jobs, to do to you. You're allowing it. When you go in for a job, or even before going in for the job, you look at the list of, um, you look at the job description, what it entails, right? When you go for that interview, and they put you through three interviews, sometimes more, you talk about the job description, they tell you what it is that they need from you, and you're like, okay, I can do this. So see to it that you are operating off of your job description. And stop volunteering yourself. Becky didn't come to work today. Don't even hold your head up. Hold your head down. Keep working. Don't even ask how Becky doing. Because if you go express interest, uh, Chili, how is Becky doing? Then Chili go and say, oh, by the way, she's going to be out of office for three days. Can you do this for me? Mm -mm. Back here in the office, there. Keep your head, keep tapping. Click, 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 click. Right? Yeah. Not tech on more than you need for tech on. Five o'clock come. Your work done. Gaia, yeah. There is tomorrow. Even if you don't have no pitney, no man, no woman, nobody to go home to, you have yourself to go home to.
go for a walk, go cook, go take yourself to dinner, whatever. You have yourself. there for each other starts easy small steps words of encouragement gentle reminders a listening air words of advice thank you so much to everyone who tuned in online to qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com thank you to everyone here with me on clubhouse of course this is where the conversation happens always great conversations shared views varying opinions and interesting perspectives. I'm Moments With Me, and you are listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, me Media Moments, on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments With Me Media. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask you this one favor. Please be safe. My darling, I did for you. Put the question in, yes, I do. I go fight though, I go fight though, I go try for Jano Radio and QMZ, this is Moments with me signing out. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, when we do it all over again. Take care. To my clubhouse crew, thank you so much as always. 
Prezi, we need to talk. But Prezi, thank you so much for coming through. Tasha and Geely for holding it down. And to everyone else that was down below earlier, thank you so much for coming through. On the stage, DJ Naturalist, James, Marlon, Apple, Donald, Sula, and everyone else that was here earlier, thank you so much for your contribution to the conversation. Chili left already. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And to my co-mods, Rosolo, Sunet, and Javette, always forever grateful. Take care of yourselves, folks. Self-preservation. Be intentional in whatever it is that you set out to do. Be accountable. Don't be afraid to hold yourselves accountable. And please be conscious as you move through. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of the day. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Take care of yourselves, folks. Closing out the room in three, two, one. Goodbye. <laughs>